on the Pilot TV podcast this week and indeed this year. We are up to our next nip with Sophie Rundle in After the Flood on ITV, cracking open a cold case alongside Kush Jumbo in Criminal Record on Apple and going back to start year two of uni for Jack Rook's returning Big Boys on Channel 4. Plus Clark Peters, Lester Freeman himself, joins us on the show this week to chat Channel 4's True Love. I'm James Dyer and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters in 2024. Uh, Clearly, you will, of course, have missed us over Christmas. Uh, And if you were listening very, very carefully in that very quiet period between Christmas and New Year, you might just have heard Boyd's furious grumblings that we didn't fit in an extra show to cover all of the amazing stuff that dropped during the first week of January. Sorry, Boyd. All I can do is uh, uh, apologise. Yes, because Empire did. (laughs) I know, I was on it. Yes. You have to let it go. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay because we are back, back, back. And not only are we going to review this week's kind of triumvirate of new editions, but we're also going to take a look back at some of the stuff that we missed while we were off as well. And by we, I of course refer to team pilots, specifically Boydie, who remains furious that Kay and I unionized and basically Mm -hmm. downed tools for Christmas. How are you doing, Boyd? Yeah, I'm doing fine, but yeah, it would have been good to have uh, reflected. <laughs> we needed a break. L- I mean, what, but the irony is, Kate, that we do, you know, the, the service we provide is to review the big TV shows each and every week. And one of the biggest weeks of the year, year in, year out, I keep saying it, is the new week between Christmas and New Year week. Do you know and what? We just ride a rough shot over it's it. True. Now that you've said it like that, what were we thinking? Oh, we don't even, don't even. <laughs> no, but that's, like, whereas oh, no, the Empire podcast that came out between Christmas and New Year, they were like scrabbling around for stuff to I cover. I mean, that was, a, that was a necessity based on numerology. There was nothing mm. we could do about that. But so this is the thing, like, Boyd is every year, Absolutely furious that we take a week off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's not having it. No. No. Uh, Obviously, Kay is also here, the new custodian of the Pilot TV postpark. How are you feeling? Are you up to the task? Are you feeling excited? I was feeling excited, but the more you talk to me about it, it makes me nervous. (laughs) And I think, oh God, he's he's like, he's instead me. And but I've always said. I'm doing it for the month of January. Yes. So that makes me feel calmer. January to January, yeah. as discussed. No. <laughs> so until January 2025, the post bag is yours. No, for one month only. <laughs> no, it's a no. period. I'll see if I like it. <laughs> but I have to say, can I... I, I tweeted a few days ago and the response has been overwhelming with people either giving feedback um, it, a lot of it's been making me laugh suggestions or stuff we should watch questions so actually I'm like this is an you easy we didn't, well, didn't do an episode between Christmas and actually yeah. I have to say yeah. I'm going to be totally honest mm. literally no mm. one has mentioned that apart from you <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> I they're so used to it our <laughs> listeners our loyal listeners yeah. we're putting up with it how long have we been doing this podcast now oh, since 2018 there you go um, yeah um, yeah, us, us part-timers who, in the entire 52 weeks of the year, require us to take one off. <laughs> God, what should, were we thinking? We should maybe have one a week off then during summer when it's silly season. What, when nothing's coming out? Yeah. Silly season doesn't exist anymore, really. All right, so There's you basically want on. us to be on tap all the time. Okay, yes. fine. Yeah. So he wants us to have mental yeah. breakdowns. That's it. No, 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 no weeks off Let's ever do again. more. We should do That's more podcasts. More podcasts. All the podcasts. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Right, right. We should talk about this. So so normally we would go into what we've been watching, which is absolutely what I think we should do. <laughs> but the question is, like, so do, are we going to carve off the first week of January as its own separate thing? So why don't we do that? Let's uh, talk about uh, what we were watching over Christmas, right. but crucially before New Year's Day, and then we'll get on to the first week of Jan after that. Oh, I don't really okay. know. Oh, I mean, right. So what were your Christmas watches, that, Kate? That rule you've just that's imposed. It. I do like an arbitrary <laughs> yeah, rule dropped on you, really you at the uh, last second. Yeah. Kate, what was your Christmas televisual <laughs> okay, experience? Um, well, I was away for it, so I wasn't actually consuming that much over 
actual, actual Christmas. Right. And the thing that I got most excited about is something that's going to make you want to peel your skin off. Oh, God. But it was the Christmas episode of EastEnders, which everyone had been talking about in the lead up to it. It was this big whodunit, who, not only who killed the person, but who the person was. No one knew. I'd hosted the screening of it. Hang on, hang on. No one knew who the person who was killed was. Because I feel like, why do you care then? Because you know someone's been murdered. You know it's been d- done no, it's, by one it, of six it's women. It's like Big Little Lies, isn't it? Big Little Lies did the same thing. That's that's where they've got the information. Well, a from, person you don't know yeah, is don't, dead. Yeah, in Big Little Lies, you didn't know who the victim was, and you didn't know who that was. That the, is true. That was the oh, so they did the same thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, oh, oh, so yeah. sorry. When Kay said you don't know the person who's murdered, I just thought some no, rando no, had wandered no. into Albert Square, been like, right. brutally stabbed, and were expected to care. That's why I mentioned it because I knew you'd got the wrong end of the story. Okay. Yeah. No, the concept was that a year ago, didn't they? They established that it was someone was going to be killed. Flash forward to yeah, Christmas by one of these people, one mm-hmm. or more of these people, Six. and you didn't know who the yeah. So that's so, what I think it was. EastEnders Little Lies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> they should have had that on the, uh, on the big little Albert Square. <laughs> Good one. You have these all for free. Yeah. So yeah, throughout the whole year, they'd been planting seeds and like, you know, it was really ramping up towards Christmas. So, and I hosted the event. They had te- they hadn't let anyone see the last 10 minutes. So we didn't know still. So it's the first time when nothing's leaked. None of the newspapers were able to leak it. And so genuinely, everyone was tuning in on Christmas Day. Everyone who watches it, I know you're... Not me. I know. But... A lot of He was people. watching The Expanse. <laughs> the Christmas special. Yeah. He was watching Friends. Um, and yeah, and everyone was tuned in at the same time to see. And there was a twist. So it was even better because you thought, oh, I was like, when I saw who it originally was, I was like, oh, is it that person? Mm, was I'm it not- Santa? No, it wasn't. It was originally, you thought it was Nish. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. No, I mean, everyone's watched it. Obviously. And then actually, <laughs> it was Keanu. It. it was brilliant. And it I was watched very, it. Hang yeah. on. What? Keanu Reeves was on yes. EastEnders yeah. and was murdered. Yes. I know. You know how, that you know how twist, American right? talent are now doing a lot of British shows? Mm. Yes. Who, who'd have thought this would be where he'd appear? Yeah, mm. fresh from his Formula One documentary <laughs> and being uh, appearing on the Pilot TV podcast. That's right. He yeah. decided, well, go, just go the whole hog and be, go on EastEnders. Yeah. Now, there's a character called Keanu. Yeah. Oh, right. boy, Which, why course, did you ruin it? When he was first, when he, that character first arrived, that was kind of a joke, I guess. So they called him Keanu. It's quite funny. And then he ended up being the victim of this storyline it's mm. quite 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 an interesting choice I actually watched it as well and I'm not a, by no means I haven't watched it I've watched it since like once a year maximum but it was really good they did a really good job I did he that... die in a duel with another professional assassin <laughs> was that what happened yes no. was it like no, the end of John, John Wick's spin off yeah okay no. No, he didn't. But it was very, it was clever. It was like there was a, it was a big wink. It was a big knowing wink to the to the viewers. This kind of twist. It was mm. like oh, you're expecting. You know, mm. we're doing this. Is a real but rug in pool. fact, yeah. yeah, it was a rug pull. And I thought that was clever. Well, I know for a fact that being on our podcast was one of Keanu's highlights of 2023. So that was mm. exciting. But what I was very disappointed to see, Boydie. Yeah. Wait, have we moved on from EastEnders? Just to clear. I'm to digressing. Clear. Right, I'm fine. just digressing. Briefly, digression. we can come back. I digress. Big Tom Davis. Yes. Posted yeah. on Instagram his highlights of yes. 2023 in pictorial form. Oh. Couldn't help noticing he forgot one. <laughs> when he judged oh, the pilot yeah. TV bake-off, oh. the great pilot TV bake-off, yeah. and, and yet somehow Tom forgot to include mm. that, oh, that in no. his best of That's the year. I mean, he put on his meeting with the king. Yeah. Did he put on our bake-off? And in my, I did, did the fuck? highlights thing as well, and I did. I put him and me on the set. Of, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Why did Unbelievable. you do him on pilot live? Yeah. Well, I didn't want to do him twice. No, so I did Richard Gervais on Pilot Live. Oh, okay. oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Was there a picture Light. of the three of us? Was there a picture of you receiving cake from me? No. Was I that on there? Or, or more importantly, no. from the winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know the whole cake thing. I deeply resent the fact that I was unfairly judged. So I, I'm never... Well, all I will say is Big Tom Davis and our esteemed audience members, including one professional baker, 
Well, yeah. actually, he didn't like uh, mine. Biased, but, yeah. biased professional. Big up Craig Bakes, who yeah. was very into my lemon drizzle yeah. cake. That's not a euphemism. No, didn't like <laughs> didn't like brownies because he makes them. Yeah. yeah, and he didn't even he didn't like mine either. No. God, why do you please. hate us, Craig? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but you're right. Yeah, that, I should I'll pick yeah. up Big Tom please, on that. Please take up with Tom. I will. Okay, good. Carry Sorry, Craig. Carry, yeah. carry on. No, that was it. That was my, oh. the end of my. Yeah, the main thing I watched over Christmas was that because I was with the, I was with the family and we were doing a lot of games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I've got a lot of New Year. Okay. TV, okay. So we'll, gonna, we'll get to that. We'll get I'm, to that. I'm holding it all for them. Yeah. Right, Boydie, What was your What was your Christmas? The best thing I watched on Christmas Day. Uh, was apart from EastEnders, um, was obviously Doctor Who. Well, there's two oh, brilliant yes. things on Christmas I watched Day. That, sorry. So Doctor Who, which was no great surprise, obviously. Yeah. Um, Church on Ruby Road. Yeah, and it was the introduction of Ruby, the new um, companion, played by Millie Gibson, who was excellent. Ruby Sunday, and the whole thing cleverly um, built around who she was. And she was like a kind of orphan character who was trying to re- retrace her steps and trying to work out her lineage with a version of Davina McCall's mm. um, long lost family. So Davina McCall was in it, James, while you're checking <laughs> your emails. And, uh, and I was actually checking to make out. sure I'd got oh. the name of the episode right. Oh, and I had, well so it was had, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so Davina McCall played herself rather well, I thought, because mm. that can be, as I've said before many times, it's a hard thing. She's to done do. that before. In what? Oh, what's she done that before? Oh, in um, in the zombie thing. Dead Set. Dead Charlie Brooker's yeah, Dead Set, where she dead becomes set. a zombie. Right, yeah, mm. she, she's good. She, well, she is very good at it. She was really good in this. And so, so Davina McCall back. <laughs> well, well done. Um, uh, so they, he, he established, as, as in classic Russell T. Davis style, he established, you know, like an interesting, funny, quirky storyline. It was very Christmassy. There were these kind of goblin-like creatures um, that were kind of fantasy-ish. I felt, and then a lot, a lot of people have said that it's taking that the Disney Plus slash BBC new RTD era of Doctor Who is going to be a bit more fantasyish than hard sci-fi. Mm. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think he'll, I think he'll have a lot of both. He's open to anything and everything. I mean, you know, there's going to be, the, so the, the episode itself was. Fantastic. I thought it was one of the you best. You could see the money, couldn't you? You could see the money. Mm. Yeah, the big... Hey, you watched it. Oh, you become yes. a proper oh, yes. Whovian, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, sorry. I forgot to... When you said it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, of course. I watched yeah. Doctor Who. And also, just brackets, I watched, on your recommendation, the Imagine with Alan Yentob yes. with RTD, which yes. was fascinating. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was great. So I'd recommend everyone catching up on that. Um, so it was just a really... It was funny. It was weird. There was a musical interlude, and they put mm. a single out of the musical. That's the second big musical interlude after the Spice Girls yeah. one in the in the previous episode. Um, was it Tay Tay? It was. It was. It was fun. I mean, it was. It was almost Tay Tay. It just. It was just. And it really. And there were moments, as as always again with Russell has moving moments and kind of moments. It, there was a kind of split timeline thing. It was his most kind of timey wimey episode for a while. Um, where you know that alternate timeline, the way mm-hmm. it's kind of like. Things didn't happen and people didn't. It was quite, that was quite chilling, I thought, and well, very well done. Um, but all in all, and there was this big kind of like Jabba the Hutt style oh thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's where you can see the money. Like yeah, that the, whole the scene. The CGI like, wow. of the creatures was, it was definitely, I felt. I think know, it would meet with James's approval. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, that was brilliant. Um, and then that was a Christmas Day, uh, like, 5.50, I think it went out. I don't know why I'm referring to the exact timing of it. But anyway, that was the big Christmas day. I and respect then, the precision. Carry yeah, on. Absolutely. Then in the evening, there was this... Apps, BBC Two had a kind of royal family Carolina Hearn night, 
the highlight of which was a tribute to Caroline, a documentary with all the people um, who kind of knew her best, Craig Cash, who she wrote The Royal Family with. It was like a kind of celebration of her genius. And it was absolutely brilliant. It was so moving. Um, and Craig Cash was like, broke down a couple of times, two or three times, just thinking about great memories of her. And I, because I knew her pretty well. I went on a holiday with her. I remember. Once. <laughs> um, and I put that picture up of, um, of me and her in New York in a New York taxi. Um, but it was just, it was as good a profile of someone like that as I've ever seen. It was just really beautifully done. Oh, was it like about had, her professional life or just personal life? Or Both. It touched, on, it touched on everything, really. Yeah, it touched on the fact that once she became really famous and she had, like, some famous boyfriends or whatever, that she became a tab- tabloid fodder and this, mm. that, and the other. So it, t- it did touch on that. And, um, like, her best mates, she, she moved back to uh, Manchester, her best mates, she'd go to Costa Coffee and hang out with them. It was just loads of great insights. And even the way they incorporated the clips was really clever. They'd have, like, TV screens showing the show, kind of almost, like, in the background, actual on actual TV. Like, behind that, literally Yeah, kind of behind, oh, yeah, wow. it was clever. It was very cleverly done. Um, so that was brilliant. Um, anything else that I missed out? Doctor Who, Carolina Hearn, and he said, is that was pretty much the, the, the Christmas Day, Christmas... Well, I mean, I'm thinking Christmas period rather yeah, than just Christmas, Christmas Day. Period, yeah. like, I'm not restricting you no, to one day. But I'm trying, I can't remember in my mind because... They, that the other thing is that they do spread them out. So this mm. year, because this year with Christmas Day falling on a Monday, was it? Yes. The week before, there were quite a few Christmas specials before even yes. the Christmas week officially began. Mm. So Would I Lie to You, which is my favourite show, favourite <laughs> panel show on TV. Brilliant. He's scoffing. <laughs> James scoffing, because I've mentioned it before many times. They had a great Christmas special, but that was literally like the week before. And there are a few examples like that. Oh, Ghost Christmas special. Ghost. The final ghost. The final ghost. Did you watch it? I did not. It was beautiful. It was brilliantly done, I have to say. Really fantastic. I keep suddenly remembering because that was Christmas Day as well. Mm. Um, yeah, that was that was. I thought they did a brilliant job with that. Again, as good a job as you could hope for, really, for the final episode of such a fantastic show. So yeah, that, that I think those would be my my Christmas week highlights. I think excellent. You, well, do you watch anything? So so the Christmas thing is, thing? like, you have there's something magical about the time between Christmas and New Year, right? Yeah. Like this period because. You can take time off any time of the year, as long as you've got the holiday to do it. But it's the only time in the calendar where everything shuts down. Like, our office is closed, our industry is closed, no one is doing anything. So you never have any FOMO, there's never any guilt. You don't feel you should be doing so. You can just get stuff done. And I was like, mm. this is brilliant. Like, I've got, my watch list is a just a disaster. I've got so much stuff I need to get through. I've got to get through two seasons of For All Mankind for the spoiler special. I've got so much stuff I need to watch. I'm like, right, I'm going to do it. So I sat down and I did the only thing possible, which is to say... I watched Banshee. Now, oh my god! I, did, I knew you were going to say. That. I didn't just watch I Banshee. I could, I could see I where it was. Yeah. I didn't just watch Banshee. I watched all four seasons oh my of Banshee and all four seasons of Banshee Origins, which was the webisode mini things that they put out alongside Banshee. So when Banshee first aired, you'd have an episode of Banshee and then there'd be a web show. Isn't that like two to five minutes long of Banshee Origins <laughs> filling in the gaps? James, James, um, I mean this with a great respect. <laughs> You're sick. And I also discovered, I discovered yeah. that every episode of Banshee has a post-credit sting. I'd never seen oh. them before. So I rediscovered oh, Banshee. Wow. By, I saw all these post-credit stings I'd never seen because every single episode has a sting. I mean, not quite in the final season, but that's a whole other thing. Oh, Doctor Who had an end credit sting, actually. Oh, oh did yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so there you go. Yeah. Keep, keep stick oh, around for the credits, with, kids. Um, what's the name from uh, you in EastEnders? You know, um, oh, I missed it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was it Keanu? Not Keanu. Um, uh, I can't believe I've forgotten her name. You know, Ange. Ange oh, from Anita EastEnders. Dobson. Anita Dobson. Anita Dobson, I can exclusively be real was not in Banshee. But I watched <laughs> I watched all four seasons of Banshee and I had the best time ever. I think genuinely, I felt like, obviously we, we you know, we don't have, we're not working at the coalface, but we have to watch a lot of TV and sometimes it's quite stressful. And I thought, I just want to watch something mm. 
without any kind of work hat on, without any kind of pressure, and I just want to unwind. And for me, there's something quite comforting about binge-watching a show like that and having almost like a parasocial relationship with the characters in it for a very condensed period of time. Parasocial? Yeah, you know, whereby... He's he's thrown that in. Yeah, like where you (laughs) feel you know someone, but you clearly don't on account of them not being real. Mm. And, uh, and, 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 And so I did that. And I, so for... Like a, a week and a half, I lived in the town of Banshee alongside Sheriff Hood and Sugar and, and Job and all these people. And it was wild. And you I have any uh, loved ones around you to kind of... <laughs> I, just told you, I just told you, Boyd, I had Lucas Hood, I had Sugar, oh, yeah. I had Job, yeah. I had Kai Proctor. Okay. Um, and I was, and honestly, I love that show so much. I had such a laugh with it. And I'd forgotten, it's been so long because I only watched it once when it first aired. I'd forgotten everything that happened. The final season of it is whack. Like... The whole dynamic of the show changes, and I think it's for two reasons. One, they'd shot, I believe it was in South Carolina for the first three seasons because of tax breaks, and then the tax breaks were withdrawn. So they moved to, I think, actual Pennsylvania, which is where it shot for the final season. As a result, all of the locations were no longer available because they're in a different state. So... At the end of season three, it stops. Season four begins. There's a two-year time jump in between three and four. Bearing in mind that one, two, and three take place over the course of a few months. Two-year time jump. And meanwhile, so they come back. So Hood has been living in a cabin and like and has grown a beard and a proper like Tom Hanks castaways kind of haircut thing. Comes back to town. Everything's changed. Everyone's moved. Everyone has just moved house for logistical reasons. But they're like, oh yeah, I've got a new house. And everyone's done it because obviously they're in a completely new place. And everything has changed. But also it's got this weird serial killer narrative that runs through it. So it's a really different thing. I'm not going to talk about the details because I don't want to spoil it for anyone who has yet to experience the wonder of Banshee. But it's it's quite takes quite the adjustment that final season. But nevertheless, I enjoyed it a lot. I got my Banshee on. It was wonderful. Does that mean you didn't watch any of those other shows on your watch list? Well, let me let me be absolutely clear. When I say I watched Banshee, I watched exclusively Banshee. I watched no films. I watched no TV of any kind. (laughs) I I literally only watched Banshee for the entire break. Do you know what? How much clearer can you make it? I was joking about saying you're sick, right? Because I do get what you mean about the joy of watching something not for work. Like with me, for example, not having to like really pay attention with taking notes and stuff like that. That is a joy, right? So, And obviously I was joking about you being sick. But now that you said you've done nothing else, <laughs> literally. That is... I mean, I did other things, but I didn't watch anything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, How I watched many nothing. Else. Are there in total? There are four seasons. I think there's, so there's, 40, there's, there's, I think 10? there's, there's ten, ten. I think the last one has eight. Mm. Uh, so, and then obviously there's a an episode of Banshee Origins for every episode yes. of the show. Oh yes. my gosh! So, yeah. Wow. Did you work out yet whether the um, the FX, the CGI, was deliberately bad? or I think the, or, as, as... Someone as, wrote in, didn't Yeah, they? someone wrote in to correct Ken and say, actually, I think you find it was, it was great. Well, there's actually, there's I a... I thought it was pretty good. Actually. The beginning of season two, there's a heist scene where they're robbing an armoured car mm-hmm. and there's... A tr- and they they get a truck and they put the truck in reverse and they they back it up to the armored car while the armored car is going down a freeway and do this kind of in reverse heist. It's it's amazing and apparently they'd wanted to do it as part of this comic strip that was accompanying the show. But then Jonathan Trump was like, "Fuck it, let's do it for real." And it's it's an incredible sequence. Doesn't even use CGI, so that's why it looks so good. Kay would have loved it. Um, so yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty epic. Wow, that's that's quite something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen Banshee kids watch Banshee well, I don't know why you've been so strict about you know dividing it into different weeks because all you just did is watch Banshee I mean yeah, yeah. What? well you know you watch Banshee before Christmas <laughs> middle of Christmas and after Christmas accurate yes yeah. <laughs> 
I was honestly, when I got to the end of the final episode and then watched the epilogue in Banshee Origins, I was bereft. God, I Absolutely bet. bereft. I felt like I'd left my friends. Your New Year's resolution is to watch less Banshee. Yeah, or get that's actual it. friends. <laughs> or get watch actual friends else. instead of parasocial friends. <laughs> yeah. God, well, I'm wow, kind of whether to be horrified to, um, or... or um, yeah. Yeah. Or horrified. But let's talk New Year. So oh, yeah. a lot happened, a lot <laughs> happened in the first week of January. We've had an awful lot of shows that we were not able to cover. Uh, so let's start with New Year's Day. A lot happened on New Year's Day. Fool Me Once, Fool Me Twice. Boy, did you watch Fool Me Once and was it any good? I did watch Fool Me Once. Um, I absolutely loved it. Yeah. it's This is one of my I, my favourite um, Harlan Coburn books of all time. I'm a big Harlan Co- Coburn book fan, as well as a fan of the TV adaptations. I was a book fan before I was... Before, before I was a TV Did you ever review fan. it live or on the radio in front of Harlan Coburn? You Copen. know he has. He talks about it all the time. <laughs> I believe so, yes. We did do that. And that wasn't <laughs> you monster. For Me Once. It was another one, I think. Maybe we did do For, for Me Once as well. We might have done. Um, but it's such a great... It's it's He's the master of the twist. And in For Me Once in the book, he, there are like twist upon twist upon twist. There's like so many of them. They kind of pile up. Mm. It's kind of, you know, in the second... In the last half... The second last third of the book. So it fools you many more times than once. It does, exactly. Mm. Um, and I think the TV adaptation did a really good job of um, Danny Brocklehurst, who, who is, that's the team now, you know, um, working with producer Nicholas Schindler, etc. Danny is the main lead writer on adapting these books, so he knows what he's doing. But this is a hard to have all, there's a lot of strands. There are a lot of strands in this story. You know, the main idea that this woman, um, her husband's been killed and um, her sister's been killed. And is there a connection? And then she, there's, she has a nanny cam. Her, her friend gives her a nanny cam and the nanny cam shows her dead husband turning around looking at the camera <gasps> kind of thing. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, which is a classic Harlan Coben premise. He always has brilliant, brilliant premises like that. But then on top of that, you've got a de- detective investigating who's having weird turns, like something wrong with him. You've got um, a conspiracy theorists kind of investigating a drug family, kind of a drug producing family, like the, all those different American shows that have had drug producing families. So there's, and there are all kinds of other things going on. Joanna Lumley, um, head of a family, there's a kind of incredibly rich, posh family. Every, it's like total property porn. There's like Michelle Keegan's character, the main character lives in this oh, massive, lavish, ridiculous house. There's a mansion, another ridiculous house where Joanna Lumley lives, which is like a castle, mm. like Downton or something. And then even like the kind of routine, you know, places are kind of like have a, have a lavish feel to them. My point is, bottom line is, yes, they did a brilliant job of handling all the different plot strands of of timing when to have each twist revealed, of basically every single episode builds up to a big cliffhanger, every single one. And then sometimes there are cliffhangers within cliffhangers. And I think the response generally to this adaptation has been incredibly positive from viewers. I know it's had some, some Number snotty, one on Netflix. Number one on Netflix, ahead of Ricky Gervais' Armageddon. Um, and I've seen some quite snotty reviews, but all of these tend to have snotty mm. reviews because it's very like, you know, it, it's kind of in-your-face storytelling. And there are clunky moments. I, one of the things that amused me about it was she's got this two-year-old daughter, right? Um, uh, Michelle Kigger's character. Who's the, and she's she's basically investigating herself what's happened to her. What what the, How the fuck did her dead husband appear on this nanny cam? Why was her 
sister killed. She's investigating all these things. She used she used to be um, a, a military person, a disgraced military person in Afghanistan. She's got a whole thing going on there. And at the same time she's doing all this, she's she's being mother to this two year old kid. But she manages to to put her, her two year old kid, give it to various characters that yeah. are standing by. Oh yeah, can you just take my two year old kid? It takes for the next... a village to raise a kid. It's just boy. like Baby Emma all over again. It is. It's it's hilarious, and that that I thought was really funny. And they almost acknowledged the ridiculousness of it a couple of times. I thought there is a almost certain knowingness to the mm. whole way the the show is done. Oh, totally. Yeah, um, but fabulously entertaining, and they did a brilliant job on that. So yeah, I, I really liked Formula Once. I thought it was incredibly addictive. I was. Um, I also. I just devoured the whole thing. Yeah. Agree with everything you said, but also I just think Michelle Keegan yes. really stood out because I've seen her in a few things now. Most recently in my favourite Brassic, she's good in that. But I think she was just a different level in this, and she literally and metaphorically went toe to toe with Joanna Lumley and held her own. And I thought that was great. I mean, there's one particular scene where they have this argument, right? And lots of expletives are used, and I just thought she was fantastic in that whole thing. But that scene particularly just made me laugh. Yeah. Um, but she was great in it. So um, there's an earlier scene where um, Joanna Lumley tells Michelle Keegan's character to, says don't swear in my house she says and then about a meal age she's telling her to fuck off that's it was, that's yeah, the very funny yeah, yeah I mean, Joanna Lumley was brilliant um, absolutely and Michelle Keegan who you probably look down upon because of her her soap origin <laughs> I'm soap trying origin. to work out who that is right she was she in, was in um, Our Girl which was the military yeah, she show was drama. originally in Coronation Street she then was she was in, in Brassic so you will have seen her in Brassic uh, yes, oh yes you didn't her. watch Brassic no I've, I've, we've reviewed it on the show so yes I think right. I do know who you're referring to she's married to a reality TV star that will mean nothing to me but I know but that's almost like why I'm imagining you're quite snobby about her even though I have no evidence for, for that which, but it seems it seems on yeah, brand it seems right. she, did, she did this whole article I think it was in the Guardian or the Observer and she spoke about the snobbery around soaps and when I was and I actively sorted out the article because I just wanted to read it and I just thought actually I didn't think of you but I thought you did though didn't you I did yeah. think of you <laughs> what you're saying is you thought of James I thought of James but then I thought he's not the only one and I get I oh, sort yeah. of get it and I thought but actually there is a snobbery and it's so unjust completely but of course you know some of the greatest actors of our time you know, and writers. Sarah Lancashire and came writers from, came from Coronation yeah. Street and writers of course yeah we, we, absolutely but she is particularly brilliant in so I do, mm. and it's a lot she has a lot to deal with because I alluded to oh, it, all, it all hooks on her everything all, yeah. hooks, is, is hooks on her and her everything about her reaction shots Her she does action really well she can mm-hmm. have, she can fire a gun yeah. pretty impressively um, by the gun laws by the way seems to be very lax in this yeah, version of <laughs> this version of British society that she's in because of course the, the main it was very very um, loyal to the book in my mem- I'm, 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 I think the book came out quite a while ago but in my memory it really kind of followed the, the plot strands of the book very very closely but apart from transposing the whole thing from America to this country so in, in the book um, her husband is shot in, in um, Central Park in New York and the oh. main detective is a New York police detective I think it was shot mostly in Manchester environments vague, I think yeah. as mo- mo- but anyway so I don't yeah they're vague about where it was set but anyway bottom line I thought they did a fantastic job um, and I really enjoyed it yes and then the other thing is The Tourist launched on New Year's Day it did, yes, indeed. We did get to review because we we so on New Year's Day there was this kind of big ITV one BBC one battle between um, the post office scandal drama. Um, Mr. Bates, Mr. Bates, Bates the post, office. post office. Thank you. I forgot the title for a minute. <laughs> even though I hosted the launch, I hosted the launch of this and of the tourists. Right, they're on the same time. How He's about in that? demand, or <laughs> someone say not overexposed. Like, yeah. Not like making it all about me. <laughs> no, never. Um, uh, heaven for heaven, heaven for <laughs> But the t- the, but interestingly, the post office drama did better in the ratings on the live ratings than the tourists. Remembering that the mm. tourists was the biggest drama hit yeah. of 2022. 
true, but I think it's just it tapped into that cultural conversation, didn't it? Like, yeah. and it's also it's it's spiraled. Like the conversation around the post office scandal is off the chain Massive. on social is, media, it, which right. is a brilliant thing. It's fantastic. The power yeah. of TV. This yeah. is exactly, and it's what I hoped would happen. I think it is happening. It's on the front page of the Mirror yesterday. Um, you know, it's, it, everyone's talking about it, and and all, all the various journalists that have covered it are kind of retweeting there, and it's incredible to go. Like, I, I saw one of the journalists um, retweeting an article that he wrote, you know, six seven years ago, mm. saying it pointed all this stuff out about, you know, the woman who ran the post office, etc. So it's done a huge service. But I have to say the tourist on BBC One is massive fun. <laughs> it's huge fun. And I think if anything, the, the, what they've taken from Boat Story, the Williams brothers, you, you love Boat Story quite rightly. They've now got a narrator and title cards. They haven't got that, <laughs> but they have this funnier it's, right. it's funnier than the first series. The first series was had its moments, but it was, yeah, it was subtle. But they, they mm. were subtle, but they really mine the humour this time round um, in, in in various kinds of ways. That's what really hit me about watching it again a bit. Um, so I'm kind of halfway through that. I haven't watched it all yet. It's all on iPlayer. Um, anything else, Kay? Right. So, uh, Mr. Bates versus the Post Office, which we reviewed on this. I watched the whole thing, and I'm not going to go on about it because we talked at length about it, but. It is just a fantastic piece of TV for all the reasons we've said before. But I was absolutely sobbing by the end mm. of it and just like so distressing, so angry. Um, and I'm like you said, I'm just so happy that now everyone, because I'm going to be honest, I had a vague knowledge of it, but very vague. I didn't know anything. And I just feel like it's so, this is the power of TV to educate, inform and, you know, enable people to seek justice. So yeah, that that is my show of the New Year period. Mm, so that was that. Yeah. Um, Slow Horses, I finished it. Oh, yes. So I used this time to catch up on Slow Horses. I know you smug bastards had already watched it. Look at James. Some of us before others, just, oh, you know, saying. God. <laughs> he watched it this time last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we should get onto the news section. We'll obviously talk about the yes. fact they renewed yes. it for season five. <laughs> that is the news. We're covering it. That is it, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Anyway, yeah. Freddie Fox was an uh, absolute joy in it. I thought it was great. Wasn't Obviously, he? Gary Oldman, MVP, but also the trail for the new series. Yeah. Yes. I mean, come on, you lazy Apple bastards. Just give it to us. If you feel <laughs> oh, yeah. it, give it to us. I love us. the way they do that. They drop at the end of the final episode, they drop out, by the way, we've already made the next mm. season. I know. <laughs> Just don't put it on then. <laughs> it's very frustrating. Um, and then what else? What else? Oh, okay. Um, someone recommended to me, um, based on the fact that obviously love Colin from Accounts and Frayed and um, Fisk, another Australian comedy drama series that had passed me by on BBC iPlayer. It's created by Claudia Carvin. Is that who's it? Carvan? And Kelsey Munro. And it's about a teen who doesn't realise she's pregnant and the ripple effect it has on her life. It's called Bump. And I would recommend it. Mm. Yeah. It's really good. So, um, and all three seasons are available and it's just dry, it's funny, it's tender. I really enjoyed that. And then the last thing to mention, yeah, you stop that intake of breath. I know what you're going to talk about. You're going to talk about on Wednesday, the 3rd of January, mm -hmm. the second season mm -hmm. of The Traitors. Yes! Spoiler, you're with me, right? You yeah, of course. Yeah. It was good. Boyd and I got to go to the screening of it, which was fantastic. Just one episode, right? Uh, we saw, yeah. yeah, the screening is one episode. Feels like something you can't really binge watch. <laughs> well, well no, they are all first. All first three episodes are available on iPlayer. Oh, really? Yeah, they're not going to do that every week. But I think for the to start with this, yeah, the first week they're putting all on iPlayer. Yeah. The first three episodes, that's and it's just so good because my fear was obviously that the people will have seen. I mean, I think they said first time around thirty uh, three thousand people. Was it? Or th and then this time around 130,000. I might have got that a little bit wrong. But basically, the point is, it's hugely successful and popular. And so. Oh, applied was, to go on it, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was worried that, you know, everyone would be really knowing and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But because they've got different twists in there and because Claudia is fantastic and the makers, the, my, the joy of this comes from the casting and Studio, Studio Lambert 
are just the best people at doing this. They do Gogglebox, they do Race Across the World. And yeah, it just lived up to my expectations. You know, this will interest you. Have you heard about this thing that um, this this actor, Kerr Logan, who's in Game of Thrones, was watching the uh, first episode of The Traitors, like the rest of us, Mm. tweeting away. And he then realised that one of the people involved in it is his mother. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. She is one of the one of the twenty two who run the show, and she's and formidable. By he the way, he tweeted in an already legendary, I'm saying, tweet: "My mother is on the traitors." Full stop. My mother is on the traitors. Full stop. My mother is on the traitors. Full stop. <laughs> so she, he she's bonkers. He didn't I'm know. Scared. He did not know. <laughs> How amazing is that? How amazing is that? <laughs> yes, he played Davos Seaworth's son. Do you remember him in uh, Game of Thrones? I'm vaguely gets blown yeah. up on the black on the Blackwater. There you go, uh, yeah. Mathos Seaworth. But he's a proper actor. I recognised him. He's, yeah, yeah. And his mum's on the show. And she's brilliant, by the way. She's the she standout is, star. Oh, so God. Far. She's so good. She reminds me of Judy Murray. You know, that formidable, yes. no nonsense. Yes. She was your next teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She's got teacher vibes. Um, so, yeah, really great characters on there. Already obsessed with it. Yeah. So, almost a reason for you to watch. Almost. Almost. Not almost, but not quite. It is, no. it is fantastic. Uh, the you, thing, can on. I just say? So, yes. this was on Wednesday the 3rd. The other thing that happened on Wednesday the 3rd, which put my back out properly, was Disney Plus just. Just dropped oh, class don't. of 09. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. Unheralded. Yeah. Un, like, you just said, dro- by the way, can I just say, you said put my back out. I think you yeah. mean put my Did, back out. Well, I'm of that age, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Your back's gone I out. Did, I did yeah. wonder what Nothing puts yeah. my back up anymore. It just Disney, puts my back up. Disney oh, Plus sent someone oh, around to physically, yeah. physically attack well, I needed to go and see a chiropractor yeah. after class of 09 dropped yeah. on Disney Plus. Oh, I'm furious yeah. as well. Absolutely I'm, I'm particularly furious. furious because I watched every episode when I was in the States, oh, yeah, thinking, oh, said. brilliant, I'll be well over this when we come to review it, and now it's fucking wasted. Um, honestly, it's it, it, just to say, just to let people in on, draw the veil, wherever the phrase is, you know. It, draw the put veil. My back yeah. out and draw the veil. <laughs> Pull back the curtain. Pull back the curtain, thank you. Pull back the veil. And there's, there's definitely a veil okay. that could be You're moved You're obsessed with somewhere. the veil, yeah? Um, Disney Plus, right? And I'm not, it's no one's fault. I'm Sounds like corporate. you're having a go already. No, it's corporate. Do it. <laughs> they send out a monthly thing yeah. summarizing all their shows, new shows that did come out. The, did they summarize this? Did they no, fuck? Did they fuck? <laughs> and they did, they did the same thing. I know they do the same thing now routinely with American Horror Story and American Horror Basically, Ryan Murphy shows. <laughs> I mean, they just don't tell us about that. That's fine. That's fine, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I've got a news thing about that, so we'll, we'll get to that. But, yeah, particularly egregious of mm. them to not t- this great show and I, well, I was pretty angry of course because it's Tom Rob Smith Tom Rob Smith yes. who is my neighbour he lives two floors above me in, in my, where <laughs> I live go chew his ear off about and, it. and we've been, every time I see Tom you know which not that often because he's away in New York or LA filming this half yeah. the time he, you know he was he, he wrote the, wrote this show right, created this show we were like when's he coming to UK TV and he was like I don't know I don't go, know when's he coming put a note under his door arrived. and just say Disney Plus what the fuck yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm tempted. But, so but, yeah, but I watched, I watched something last night. Yeah, so I watched. Yeah, and, it's good, and, isn't and it's it? Great. It's the thing that really struck me is it, it's got a triple timeline thing. Yes. So there's 2009, yeah. 2023 to 2025, yeah. and then 2034. Yeah. So past, present, future. Right. So on what they've done much better than the other shows that I've seen do this because there was one recently the name of which I've forgotten already. The one about <laughs> the corpse found, the naked corpse found in the London street. Oh, what bodies? Yeah. Yeah. Was not was was it called but just bodies? Was it just bodies? Just oh, okay. bodies. It's the there one about go. the body found. Yeah. There were, there were right. three bodies that yes. were found. It was called bodies. Right. Yeah. And, but that had a tri- triple timeline thing. But I sometimes you, like, they're really far apart. Like, one of them was in, like, 19th yeah. century. One was in. So that was easy done. Then there was that, that crime drama series that also had two seasons, both of which had three different timelines. Oh, the ones that used the hairstyles. Yes, yes. exactly. That's Cruel that's Summer. Right. 
They were, of course, Summer, thank you. They were quite kind of kitschy. The yeah. way they, I thought the way they've done it in this show is really clever. It just said the past, well, the present, the future. It does. It does do that to start with. But then you get used to which is which. But there's a visual style yes. for the three different settings. But they also use the hairstyles. They do use the hairstyles a little bit. Not and a little much. bit of dodgy makeup. No, I think they've done it. And really also a cybernetic contact lens. <laughs> I think they've done it. Yeah, there is that in the future. But I think they've done it because the, the future one's cool and kind of grey and like you know, the, the present one's sunny and bright, literally sunny and yeah, bright. Yeah, the future in, one, everything's made by Tesla. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you're right. It, almost, almost literally. But I really, I'm really enjoying it so far, yeah. It's um, good. It is, really it's a good, good show. And it's, it's, it's it deals really with show. AI and yeah. it deals about the ethics of technology and policing and all yeah. sorts it's of things. It's a minority report. It is very minority report. It's got a real Philip K. Dick vibe about it. I I, I had a really good time with it. Like yeah. I say, it aired in the US, I want to say, last May. Yeah. Um, and I watched it when I was out in the US last year. And yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. I, think, I think it's good. So that's on Disney Plus now. Yeah. Well... Uh, while you guys are watching that on Wednesday, the third of Jan, do you know what I, what bandwagon I was jumping on? Tell us. Darts, James. Oh, good. God. Yes, I said to one of hang our. On, <laughs> hang someone... on. We've tolerated the reality TV. We've tolerated Listen, the soap operas. We on. absolutely are not going darts, or I'm going to break out my Jim Bowen. I oh, urge you not on. to do I mean, that. That's, yeah, that's I mean, not a threat. That's, that's, a, how, that's a promise. Yeah, that's an HR case. <laughs> no, is no, what no. It is. I want to hear. I want to hear. <laughs> oh, I thought it was posh, euphemism. <laughs> no, I want to hear this posh twat yeah, trying on, to do Come on. bullseye. Oh, super icon. smashing, lovely, great. Your money is safe. Oh, God. <laughs> great, smashing, super. Right. Terrifying. Okay. Well, I'm, the reason why I'm mentioning it is because wow. someone tweeted me and said, "Oh, you've got to tell, put this in your what you're watching and see how James reacts." And basically, it was the World Darts Championship versus uh, it was Luke Humphreys versus Luke Littler, and I became rapidly obsessed with it. So anyway, that was just a brief mention. Who is watching? How how do you have enough free time that you are watching darts? Well, uh, funny enough, you should mention that it was a major event. It was a huge event, I and mean, it was a huge massive because I was 16 years old. James, he's winning. You know, he's quite, still throwing little spiky things at a board, right? That's still the, the nature of it. Yeah, yeah. it's throwing darts, yeah. But it, no, it's a huge cultural phenomenon as well. Which, of course, you... Which of course, passed me <laughs> by. Do you know enough. why? Because I was in my house watching fucking right, Banshee. Exactly. That sums up your entire, <laughs> you know, missing out of things. But it's, it was on at the same time as the launch of, of uh, not Gladiators, of The Traitors. Yes. yes and yes, I yes. think... And Traitors did well. I mean, it got like three million, I think, live. Which it would have been dented, I think. But I think it would have been dented, yeah. Because mm. like seven, I think um, a couple of million people were watching the darts. 180? 180 Wee. million people watching the darts but it was unbelievably <laughs> I, I, I was switching between the two and I'd already seen the traces no I was watching the darts as well it was absolutely extraordinary oh I wish I'd known see because uh, we'd watched oh, obviously Ep 1 or Traces any, so I thought any major sporting event someone did tweet me to, to to be fair early like I think about a week ago when this guy first started to make it became clear that he was a contender mm. and he was doing brilliantly Luke the new 16 year old Luke um, 16 years old James um, uh, at and they said, are you not into the darts? And I was like, not really. Because I'm not a massive dart, darts fan, but that, but he did he did convert me. He's converted off the country, yeah. apart from James. Apart from me. Into watching darts. So yeah, that was an extraordinary evening. Traitors, darts. Cut to me buying a dartboard yeah. for the uh, pilot Traitors, pod darts, studio. You're watching Banshee. I mean, you say that, Kay. But as I, said, I, I yesterday, I went into the new studio, which is not yet operational, like the Death Star and Return of the Jedi. It's still being constructed. It is not yet fully operational. Uh, Can but, we have a dartboard? No, we absolutely cannot. Oh, but it's, come on. I mean, the Actually, studio. You shouldn't let me have darts around you, probably. You think the podcast yeah. has been giddy in the past. This is a very sexy studio. Oh, it is yeah. amazing. And so, hopefully, when we move to the new next level studio, 
we're going to have a new next level podcast. It's going to be, it's going to be well, like we're going to sound, it'll, it will all sound instantly more professional. Will it not sound a shambles as Boyd quoted in the uh, blooper reel? In the blooper reel, yes. This oh, yeah. podcast is a shambles, says <laughs> Boyd. After singing a little song. I mean, it was shambles. Um, we can have Keanu live in the studio. Yeah, we, we can, can have, have everyone. Yeah, everyone Everyone's invited. Um, I haven't finished yet, by the way. Oh, sorry, Boyd. There's one on. more thing I wanted to mention. Sorry. Was it the brother's son? No, I haven't managed to watch that yet. That, no, but yes, that was another that another was big one that dropped on Netflix. To, yeah, from Michelle, yeah, not telling us one hundred percent when it comes. Yeah. To, and that and that's got really good. Have you watched it yet? I have not watched it. No, that's got really good reviews so far in America. I was looking, at, I was yeah. reading some reviews. The so day that, we record Thursday, this is the day it dropped on. Yeah, Netflix. this is Michelle Yeo Yo Yeo 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 Yeo. Do that again. <laughs> Steady, <laughs> Michelle Yo's apparently very good kind of crimey dramery thing. Yes. Anyway. Looks very good. Yeah, that dropped without any fanfare whatsoever. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, but uh, the thing that I watched on the 29th of December, I wanted to mention, which is Men Up. And this is yes, the with feature you and Ream. length. This is one. Of, is it a film? Is it a TV drama? It's a feature length TV drama. That's what it is. Mm. We didn't do it because we're all scared of doing th- stuff, 90 minute long stuff. And we reviewed every other show and we didn't have time anyway because we didn't have a show between Christmas and New Year. Mm. If we had have done, I would have insisted we reviewed Men Up because it was really good. It was written by Matthew Barry, who worked on Industry, produced by um, Russell T. Davis, among others, the, the company he has with Nicholas Shin. Um, and it was all about this group of Welsh men who were took part in the 90s in a drug um, kind of test to see if via and it was it was the drug that would basically go on to be Viagra. Mm. They all had erectile dysfunction issues in for various different various different ways. And I thought it was fantastic. Yuan um, Rion was on it. Uh, Neuron Bernard, Mark Lewis Jones. Basically, it was a kind of roll call of great Welsh actors: Joanna Page, Paul Rees, Stefan Rodri. But it very cleverly trod that line between being funny in a non-exploitative not piss-takey way of mm-hmm. the issue you know it dealt with the issue sensitively. of yeah absolutely sensitively without it being cloying and um and and kind of you know and lecturing us but it was funny at the same time and really moving in the end and in the end it's kind of as much, it's about male friendship because these people form kind of friendships the friendship group that, that, that are having these tests and um and kind of looking at the various different reasons for that, for, for the issue of erectile dysfunction, etc. I thought it was fantastic. It was it was a a really good ninety minute and the right format for it, like a story told in the right way. I thought, like you know, it could have spun it out into a six part drama or something, but it really worked as a, as a kind of uh, feature length TV drama. Do you know what? I'm happy you brought that up because um, I've just consulted James, my postbag doc, and Johanna at oh, JoeBabe032 had asked us if we'd watched it oh, and would good. love to hear our opinion because she thought it was bloody marvellous. It was, I agree. Yeah. Look, we, we, we wanted to watch it, we missed it. It's very common, happens to everyone at one time or another, we just missed the show. Very good. <laughs> very, very good. Oh my god, that might be the best thing you've yeah. said. <laughs> yeah, I'd say a year that I've yeah. been on it. Do you know what else we missed? Go on. Accused on Paramount Plus, oh. starring actual Michael Chiklis, which by all accounts landed on the fourth. Based on the BBC's BAFTA-winning crime anthology, Accused opens in a courtroom on the defendant with viewers knowing nothing about the crime or how they ended up on trial. Told for the defendant's point of view throughout flashbacks. Mm. And it stars actual Michael Chiklis and comes from Jimmy McGovern. Has Jimmy McGovern actually written it? You're asking me questions. I'm now going to need to look up. <laughs> Developed by Howard Gordon, obviously from who did Homeland in 24. Or is it based on the no, Jimmy McGovern on, UK yeah, series? Yeah, yes, that's on. what it is. It's yeah. based on the UK series, which is Jimmy McGovern, and this is the Howard Gordon US okay. version of such. Okay. Yeah. 
Still, yeah, I mean... Still, a big thing that we miss, actual Michael Chiklis. Vic Mackey from The Shield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exciting. Is that everything? That's the whole of New Year's covered. Sure we're 45 something. minutes into oh, the podcast at this point. Right, that's Wait, what we've been watching. News? No, no, that wasn't... Oh, news. Calm down, Kay. Kay, we've been off for one week and you've forgotten everything no, about the podcast. That's, that's all of news. Yeah, that's all of everything. No, that's all of the the, the shows that we missed during the news. New Year's. Okay. I don't think you... Did you I say did. news or did I say New Year? I think I said New Year. You said news. No. Sure. Anyway, anyway... the record stand. Now... Are we going to have a listener question, Kay? That's the question. Since you are oh, in charge of the post well, bag, do we have time for a listener mm. question? We don't really have time. And also, you had said to me, oh, do you have a New Year's question from any listeners? And I said, no, I don't. However, because I'm going to save it, all the questions we've had for the um, Pilot Plus. However, I had a question that I was going to bring to the table oh, God. with regards to New Year. And I wanted to find out from you both what your pod-based... New Year's resolution was going to be? I'm going to stop watching Banshee. Mm. Oh, okay. Mainly because yeah, I've that... finished Banshee. Mm. Oh, yeah. What I else, suggested James? that hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What else? What, what I'd like to do is like get more of a start on things. Because like, I've been sitting on things like Masters of the Air, True Detective, so many of these shows. I mean, mm. the shows, boy, that I'd be given, like one day that obviously I was given mm. months oh, ago by Netflix. You know, if I'd watched that in advance, I'd be like totally on it in time mm. to review it. Yeah, instead I know I'm going to end up leaving most of these things like watching the rest of it till, till the last minute. Mm, well, so I have watched True Detective. So my New Year's resolution is to watch True Detective before <laughs> James watches True Detective and I've achieved it. You've achieved it. And also me and Kay are not going to watch True Detective because we're going we're to spoil a special yeah. it on Pilot Plus. So mm. we have, I have, even though I have all the episodes, me I've too, restrained yeah. myself. I know. And, and we're going to watch them week, else week, I did? week I had all the episodes but I haven't swung my dick like you guys Steady. have. Steady. Well, I'm just saying, what about a New Year's resolution for you guys not to dick swing over your screeners? <laughs> Yeah? Oh, don't be silly. I was not expecting this much, this, this many mentions of dicks. Yeah, we've already covered man up. I don't yeah. know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and yes. that, um, what was it called? Obliterated. Oh, yeah, obliterated. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, Boyd, what's your resolution, pod based resolution? I said to watch Judy Take before. Yes, come That's, on. But what's yeah, a real what's one? What's a real one? Come on. Um, I'll do mine if you want while you're yeah, thinking yeah no you do yours yeah. mine is to um, finish things I've got into a habit because oh, of the yeah, pod and we're, point, we're like yeah. watching mm. so many things that I'm often now not finishing stuff so like I managed to catch up on a lot of stuff over Christmas but I'm going to try and make a concerted effort to um, complete things it's like. difficult though isn't it because yeah, really so many hard. hours in the day mm. and also I'm going to be more I'm going to try and be more open-minded to different genres steady <laughs> with um, <laughs> with the exception of Foundation I'm going to try and be more <laughs> open-minded just generally because it's important and also to try and watch some foreign dramas that I had promised you last year as the foreign language correspondent yes. oh yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm going to be less um, open-minded open-minded <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> exclusively yeah. going to watch Inspired the stuff Inspired by likes. James, I'm just going to exclusively watch hey! one show week in, week out and then watch it again at Christmas. Yeah, that seems fair. Just hell of it. Yeah. Mm. No, same, it's watching more, at least watching more than, I try and watch two or three episodes of most things that we review. I think I have in today's shows, but carrying on that, that's the challenge. Mm. Yeah, there are still a few shows that I haven't got to the end of. Although it's a testament to whether you think it's good or not, because to be fair, if you watch two or three episodes, if you're not finishing it, it means that it hasn't. Uh, do you know what? Not you? necessarily. Sometimes, sometimes you just I haven't. I, 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 no, there is like for all mankind, two a.m. Right, every day. For all mankind, which is one of my favourite shows of our time. At the yes, moment. and I think we've got all the episodes available. On the we Apple, have, um, and I'm only halfway through. But you know, hurry just, up because you've got to record a spoiler special next week. <laughs> oh, God, right there you go. Um, well, you can hurry. You've got more than me. I'm not going to be on it. Yes, you are. I'm not doing it without you. There's no way I'm doing that without you. Anyway, just a little bit of um, a little bit of admin. process admin going on. Yeah. So sometimes even shows that I absolutely love, I don't immediately have time mm. to allocate to carry on watching at that point. Okay. I, I tend to. 
my my priority stuff that we that is for this podcast. So yeah, sure. <laughs> spitting in the mic for this podcast. Less spitting as a new resolution. So yeah, so the fact that now I'm now apparently doing a spoiler special yeah. on my own next week will mean that I'll watch more. Of- See, I was going to say that my resolution for this year would be not to be as snobby about ITV dramas. However. <laughs> However, that might prove tricky for reasons we're going to get into soon. No, I'm annoying already. I'm already annoyed about that. (laughs) I know. And do you know what? Actually, oh, I forgot. My most. I was going to. I forgot about this. The main one I was going to. After listening to the blooper reel, was I was horrified (laughs) at how many times I told James to fuck off. And I actually thought Darren, our esteemed editor, was just repeating like audio. And actually, no, that's the whole point. Yeah. But I was I was shocked. So it's a my small resolution, selection of them. my resolution was to tell you to fuck off less. However, you just said that really annoying thing. So fuck <laughs> off. Right. Shall we have this week's guest? Clark Peters, of course, is something of a TV legend, having appeared in six episodes of Foundation. Uh, he was also <laughs> in The Wire, I guess. But uh, but this week he's here to talk about True Love, which broadcast on Channel Four on the third of January, uh, which we didn't oh, mention during do you know our. What? I actually watched some True Love. <laughs> good yeah and Clark Peters is brilliant and Lindsay yeah. Duncan is fantastic yeah sorry yeah so that was another thing we missed sorry yeah. we, we forgot four. to cover that uh, Channel 4 and that's basically about a group of friends who make a pact to prevent each other from slow and painful deaths but rather to go out on their own terms so uh, you know we sent Amon Warman along to chat all things euthanasia with the legendary <laughs> Clark Peters happy new year we are delighted to be joined on the pilot TV podcast by the star of true love the man the myth the legend Clark Peters how are you sir I'm good, my brother. How are you this morning? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Great to speak with you again. Uh, I've seen the first couple episodes of the show and I'm really enjoying it. So first and foremost, congratulations. Really, well, thank you. Really I cannot wait to finish it. They've only given me the first two episodes. I want more. I want more. It's good. That's good. That's a real good sign. I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm encouraged to hear that, you know, because uh, it, it's hard to explain you know, to someone who's never seen it, but at least we can have a discussion about it, which is nice. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. In prepping for this chat, I came across this quote of yours that stood out to me. It says, I'm always drawn to projects that vibrate a truth within myself. What truths were vibrating within you when you read the script for True Love for the first time? When I first read the script, it was the dedication to a promise you know, to help a friend to exercise true love, perhaps not to the same extent as we do in this, <laughs> you know, but that, they, but, that, but, that, but that there are people who have gone through their lives and wound up somewhere else from where they started, but they still love each other. They're still friends, you know, and they can still confess from the deepest part of themselves. I was with, a, in a, a, having said that, I was just with a friend of mine from kindergarten just about two weeks, three to three weeks ago, you know, and that's exactly what I mean. You know, if, you're, if you're blessed to have people in your life over a long period of time, you find out more about yourself and about life, you know, than just moving through people with no continuity. And with this, it was the, the truth is like um, having a collective group of friends. Yeah, I think one of the reasons why I'm so excited to continue watching this is because of the really interesting questions it poses. The if of whether of, of how how far you choose to take that true love, as you say, 
That's one reason yes. why I, I want I want more because I, I I genuinely I don't know how it's going to play out watching the first ten episodes, and I imagine right. reading the script and just being like, you know, what's what's going to happen next for you? Because like it's just it's, it gets crazy. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a, it's a good um, a good observation. First of all, you know that um, that when we're looking at a life an end of life um, situation, you know. First of all, I'm surprised that it brings up so much in people these days, and particularly in the West, in in underdeveloped, what we call underdeveloped countries. I like to think of them as being spiritually more advanced than we are in some respects. There are rituals that celebrate the person's life, which the West is now just beginning to adopt en masse. You know? But there's also a recognition like, don't nobody get out of here alive, you know. You know, it's accepted as a part of uh, uh, of the experience of life. And uh, I think it was about two, two or three weeks ago we were talking about this, and I said it must be good over there because ain't nobody come back to tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> they must be partying hard over there, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, again, that's one of those. That's one of those. Um, that things that resonates with me at this age, you know, and and still questioning, and still questioning, and still looking to find the wonder of of this, you know, what makes uh, what you know we say that we're all one, but what is it that connects us? You know, it's easy to to be uh, to regurgitate some of these these things, but I think we have to spend time in with ourselves to try to really understand, you know, what this journey is that we're on. How did you prepare to play Ken? What are some of the details you established about the character to help you unlock him and get inside his head? As you'll see in that first, um, in that first episode, um, that man who, who I'm with is, is, is exactly the person I was with two weeks ago, my friend two weeks ago. I find it interesting that he's back in my life because he was who I used in my mind to attach my love to in attaching it to that particular actor. So that was part of the preparation. And in going through that, you know, it's it's how much of your past, how much of your memory um, that you bring to bear, you know, and you find yourself as an actor, as anybody going down that road and you find that, you know, sometimes you fell out, you had arguments, but other times you had real good times, you know? And as you think those thoughts, those emotions come up in your body. That's part of, that's part of the preparation process, you know, to, to, uh, uh, to remember. Um, and I think that for any actor, if you're dealing with, with, uh, with people who are supposed to be your friends, there are human, um, emotions that we're sort of hardwired to everybody you know everybody's hardwired to love for example everyone's hardwired to gratitude everyone to a certain degree is hardwired to being angry you know some things it's you know it's a negative emotion but you can't have the positive without the other side otherwise you don't know what's what you know and so i think that you know in prepping uh for it it's more reviewing what is in your life and what um, and what you're hardwired to and what you recognize that you're hardwired to. 
I think another thing that makes it so interesting and different, and it's something that's been commented a little bit already, is that it's railing against tropes of ageism a little bit because you've got a core cast of the 60s and 70s, there's romance, there's crime drama, there's all these different things that you don't typically get that much to play with all in one show. <laughs> Talk about that, and especially the romance angle of it, because I find I find that particular plotline to be really, really interesting. And I know it, it feels like you're having a lot of fun working with Lindsay, uh, your co-star. Yes, yes. So, so talk about that and just that in okay, general. Two, two, uh, uh, there, yeah. there, there are two things that are happening here. Yeah. You know, um, the age mm. and the interracial connection. Right. You know, right. You know, um, if you just say, oh, that doesn't matter, then you ain't living on this planet. Because with all we've been through in the past three or four years, it definitely does matter. Yeah. So part of the age with the racial thing is something that needs to be looked at because we are people who were brought up at a time when the peace and love movement was happening, where we were breaking down barriers, where integration uh, was was not something was not a bad word. You know, we were discovering that when we were in our teens, you know, now the world has changed. The world has definitely changed. People are more polarized. People are less tolerant, you know, and yet these two old people remember that time. They are product of that time. You know, do they come into this world with that? You know, I think that uh, it's something that we never, we never discuss in the piece. But I know it should be a piece, a, a bit, uh, 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 an aspect that should be discussed. You know, um, as part of the whole ages thing, a part of of what the world looked like to us then, and what it looks like now. Also, um, playing with people your own age, you know, you just keep breathing, brother. You'll see. <laughs> you, you just keep breathing, right? There'll come a time when, when, when you know, all of a sudden you go, I, I, now I know I put it down somewhere, you know, <laughs> you know or, um, or where's my car, you know, mm. you know. Um, and when you're working with a bunch of actors who have had that same life experience and are pretty much in the same vicissitude as you are, we are more patient. You know, sometimes my lines come slow. I cannot help that. It comes with age, you know, and I've got a lot of plays and things in my head, you know. So it's not like I'm sifting through them to find out what I'm doing, but there is um, a, a purposefulness in in in, uh, in, uh, in applying your lines, you know, and sometimes something else sweeps on in and takes your mind away. So working with other people who are your age, they'll go, oh, I, 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 I made a mistake, you know, and you can say, yeah. baby, don't worry about it. I totally <laughs> understand, you know? Yeah. And so there's a generosity amongst the actors in that, in that respect for people playing of the same age. When, um, when you're playing with people who are younger, it's not that they aren't as generous, it's just that you as the individual who is stumbling over lines feels worse because of these young minds that are agile and fast and snappy, <laughs> you know, you know that you are not there. You know, so working with this crew uh, of fine, fine actors, all of them, every one of them is a winner. By the time you get to episode five, you know, you'll, you'll, 
you'll really see something okay. that, that's that, okay. That, that, that's, that's, that's quite extraordinary. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good tease. But you know, in in, in listening to you talk, there I got two things to say. One, I want to talk to whichever young person is on set disrespecting you, uh, <laughs> if if and when that because because that's nonsense. Two, the way you're talking, it makes me want to watch the prequel series with you and Phil and Ken and Phil and those characters, because what you're saying about the history of interracial dynamics in this country and the way that's portrayed, that is so on the money. And that's one of the reasons why um, that, that plot line is so intriguing to me. In, in True Love, there's some discussion about what an ideal death looks like for some characters. I want to ask about the ideal death scene. Have you ever envisioned an ideal death scene for any of your characters? And if so, what does that look like to you? No, I've, I've never, I've, I've never contemplated a ideal death scene. Um, and I guess it's because I'm too aware that everyone has their own karma to bear when they when that soul separates from the body you know um some people drift off quietly in their sleep you know um other people suffer for a long time in hospitals or wherever um some people lose their minds some people need to be anesthetized you know some people say oh just shoot me you know um so I don't know if there is an ideal, uh, an ideal way um, to separate the soul from the body. Um, on the other side of that, the, you know, I have contemplated, you know, um, what I might like my funeral to be like, you know, and I put it to my my daughter years and years ago that. Um, if I should die from some terrible illness, you know, burn my ass, you know, just reduce me to ashes. But if I die with a really healthy body and spiritually sound, dig a hole, wrap me up, put me in that hole, put a plant over the top of me and just let me go into the earth that way, you know, because somewhere I think that we were not suffering, that uh, I would be able to be of more um, service, <laughs> you know, dead or the or bodiless than if I were suffering, you know, to separate. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm hoping you live a much long, a long life. You got a few years left, sir. I, I Amen. Know, I know. From your um, mouth to God's ears. <laughs> your, <laughs> your mouth to God's ears, brother. Um, and you. <laughs> with Ken, I think one of the things that fascinates me is that he is a guy who I think is filled with, with, with a lot of regret. I think both Ken and Phil, to some degree, are filled with regret. With your career, your acting, is there any sort of what if, a path not taken that you still think about. And as you're now at this veteran stage of your career, are you more at peace with that notion of sort of where you are than to perhaps where, how you thought about this sort of thing earlier in your career or how does that work for you right now? 
Um, if I'm understanding your question accurately, um, there were regrets, um, but I have not lingered in them. Um, I would have liked to have done more classical theater, um, but um, either I was not up to scratch for those who were um, who I was auditioning for, or it just was not to be my path. I regret also, I think, well, it's, it's not a regret because I still have time to do this, you know, to, to be able to put something back into my community where I grew up at, you know, to go back to, to New Jersey and to put something back into New Jersey. But the town itself has changed so drastically and the demographic has changed. You know, it's um, so I've got to spend my time with brothers like you from time to time, you know, and just and just and just rap and, and see what we can put back or see what we can offer to each other. One of the things this show made me think more about is how we should all do a better job at staying in touch with each other, with our friends. Is that something that you are good at? generally and is there any friendship that's been born uh from a film or tv set that's uh sort of really been maintained for you yeah this, this, it is one of the things that i do you know uh stay in contact with you know and i think about um maybe 30 years ago 1986 i went on a retreat um a meditative retreat and i found myself in a, in a meditation, thanking my parents, thanking them, you know? And so rather than the experience just being in me, I wrote a letter, you know? I wrote a letter that spoke to them as being like scouts on the road that I'm on, you know? And I'm letting them know I appreciate, you know, the lessons that they had given me, you know? Um, and the guidance that they'd given me and the experiences that they'd given me. So that started with my parents. Then I realized when we were kids on the streets playing, there were a couple of veterans who were coming back from the Vietnam War, right? And, uh, or men who were still in, in the service, right? And we'd be playing baseball or, 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 or football, you know, in the streets. And we would want this man to come and play with us. You know, uh, one in particular is Mr. Perkins, man. Mr. Perkins, he was in the army. And we see him coming up the street. We would stop playing baseball and try to get him to be on our team because we never saw anybody throw a ball that high into the air and all this kind of stuff. So I wrote him a letter to tell him how much I appreciated him, you know, to, you know, um, for just being there for us because. At one point in time, I was having a fight with, with, uh, with a kid, a young Italian guy who was actually a good friend. He, there was uh, Italian immigrants, he had a large family, and my mother from time to time would feed him, right? And Mr. Perkins was coming up the street one day when I was, for some reason, having a fight with him. And he pulled me apart. He said, that's your friend. Why would you do that? What, 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 what is it that you, can, that, that you can't talk out? Why are you doing that to him, right? So there, so I do keep in touch with some of the older mentors. Um, 
and I do keep in contact with with a few of my uh, um, few of my friends, and there were there are relationships and friendships that have come through over the years that I just reach out. Wendell Pierce, for one, you know, Wendell. I just reach out. You know, Wendell's father's passing, passing away, but I, you know, I just write Wendell. I say, hey, hey, brother, anybody tell you they love you today? Boom, you know, and that's it, you know, you know. So I think it's um for me. It's healthy for me. I feel still connected. And I think that for those who are receiving this, I hope that it makes their day, that there's somebody who they're not thinking about that moment who's saying, I'm thinking about you, you know? Got to ask about The Wire real quick, you know, that 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 worldwide phenomenon TV show that, that you were, you, I'm not sure if you remember. Um, what is, the, <laughs> what is the most unexpected place that you've seen or heard a reference to it over the years? Where's the most unexpected place? Well, I, I mean, the, the first, the first, that first year, the first couple of years, I didn't know that. Um, first of all, I didn't, I didn't watch it. You know, I went over there, I shot the film, I came back to England, and I think at the end of the second season, um, I get a call from a friend in Paris who's talking about how wonderful this this thing is. And I didn't know that it was in Paris, you know, and that they call it the tap in Paris. That's number one. <laughs> number two, it was um, a guy who was my older brother's friend, who was an actor, who was dubbing my voice in French. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pierre Santos is his name. Uh, shout out to Pierre Santos from Paris. You know, uh, um, that's the most uh, uh, thing like, well, where did that come from? I never, you know, I, I didn't know it was going to do what it was going to do. Um, and for it to be already um, internationally accepted, you know, um, it was mind blowing. You know, there was one day we, was, we, were, I was in, uh, we were doing this at the Edinburgh Festival. I remember going to going to the theater and this this taxi cab screeches to a halt and two big Scottish navvies get out, man, and they're coming towards me, man. I'm thinking, oh fuck. All right. <laughs> you know, what's what, what what's going on, right? You know? And the guy the guy says, Oh, it's Freeman. It's fucking Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I was just <laughs> for a moment. I was like, "Oh man, please, just don't this, this night." But they were genuine fans, and it was really sweet. <laughs> um, that is fantastic! I love it. I love it so much. I also I had to seek out this French dub version of The Wire. Um, <laughs> it must be a trip seeing yourself on screen dubbed over with French dialogue. That must that must be crazy. <laughs> It's, it is mad. It, it, it really is mad. You know, I, I, I haven't seen anything in any Asian voices, but, uh, you know, I've seen myself in Spanish. I think I, I speak Spanish really well. <laughs> Good job with that. That'd be great. Um, I wondered if we might end on this. Um, we recently lost Sir Richard Roundtree, and I was looking through your Twitter and I saw that you did a tweet saying that you had met him in the, in the casting session. Obviously, you got a lot of love for him. Can you talk about meet him, meeting him and the legacy that, that he leaves and 
and what 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 that is for you in five minutes he let me see what the industry does to a fine fine actor he let me know what it does to a human being who has an ambition and a craft and a love for what he does um And at first, he was very apprehensive about having any communication with me because we were up for the same for the same job, you know. And first of all, I figured, why why is Richard Roundtree in the same room as Clark Peters? That's number one, because my respect um, for the man would not have allowed him to come into the room with the likes of myself, having done what he had done, you know? Um, and so there was the lesson in how the industry really has no, is not a meritocracy at all. I let him know that I wasn't trying to undermine him or anything, that I was seriously in awe of being in his presence, you know, I mean, a shaft, brother, a shaft, you know, you know, and I think at that time I was probably in my 50s and I was still starstruck. He appreciated that. And he wrote, thank you, thank you, thank you, Clark, you know, Richard, you know. Um, and so, you know, the, um, what I got from him, getting underneath the shell that the business causes some celebrities to have to put up to protect themselves um, for whatever reason. I don't ever want to spend that much energy to do that for myself. And I realized with him saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, was him saying, and I don't want to have to do this either. You know, I don't want to have to, I'm sorry that I put this up for you, brother. And so, you know, um, and so, so the legacy is that, you know, if keep your humanity, keep your humanity, the business is going, the business is the business. Remember that that's the business and that is, and that you are just part of it. Do not allow yourself to accept that you are a commodity in spite of the fact that the industry will sell you as a commodity. And I think I got that from him in about five minutes. I got all that from, from Richard. Clark Peters, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Indeed, Eamon, and you. That was Clark Peters. Shall we move on to the news? We've already covered the big news that Slow Horses will be back for season five after, apparently, we get to see season four. Uh, so that's very, very good well, it'd news. It would be weird if, if they're going to show season five before <laughs> season four. Um, yeah, anything could happen. But what else has happened, Boydie? Tell me. Um, you know what I'm most excited about? Uh, you know, the, one of the questions that could have been um, asked of us 
but thankfully we don't have time, is what show are you most looking forward to, what shows are you most looking forward to in 2024? Mm-hmm. And my immediate answer would be Feud, colon, Capote versus The Swans, which is the new uh, Ryan Murphy production. Feud, remember the first series of Feud was Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford. Mm. Yeah. That was fantastic. And so this is Truman Capote This who? is Truman Capote. And The Swans is the group name of a group of high society women um, who he befriended and got to know their deepest, darkest secrets and then betrayed them when he came to write about them in his in his work. Yeah, so he kind of like used them as fodder for his kind of clearly based on their well, lives. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast, well, <gasps> yeah, and, and, and In Cold Blood, etc. Yeah, so... It's oh. and, and the trailer. The reason it's news is the trailer um, uh, went out yesterday, I think, and it looks absolutely fantastic. I, I, you've got to look at the see the trailer, and it, they kind of the, the the kind of trick they use is to kind of allude to the fact that it's like real housewives. You mm. know, it's like these were the re- original housewives, and the cast is fantastic: Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Callista Flockhart, Demi Moore. Oh wow. Demi Moore back on our screens where she belongs. Molly Ringwald. And Molly Ringwald is a really fascinating character. She did a brilliant episode of the Brady Sinners podcast a couple of years ago, like how undervalued she was by Hollywood after appearing in all those um films. John Hughes films? Yes. Mm. John Hughes films. Um Tom and Tom Hollander plays Truman Capote with an extraordinary amount of makeup and um to kind of because Truman Capote, Truman Capote had a very specific look. Mm. But he does the voice. Truman Capote had the most bizarre kind of like camp, over-the-top, squeaky voice that he brilliantly masters. If you've ever seen the film Murder by Death, one of our favourite films of all time, ludicrous Neil Simon comedy, Truman Capote is in that film, which is like a spoof of Agatha Christie whodunits. And it's he's just, it's he's terrible in it. He's can't act for, 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 for Toffee, but it's really interesting to see him performing. Oh, I'm looking forward as, to this. When is it and on? And so it's on, now this is the thing, Kay, it's on on FX in America at the end of the month, I think mm. January 31st, but, but again, Disney Plus haven't said when they're showing oh, for it. FX. Sake. So it might just arrive, you know, willy-nilly, the, the, just the day after. Uh, Do you know it, what? Before. Who knows? And the other thing I just need to say about it quickly is Russell Tovey's in it as well. Mm. As, um, we do as, like him. Yeah, we love him. As Truman Capote's boyfriend, John O'Shea, who was a very interesting character in his own right. And as if that's not all enough, the whole thing is directed. It's partly directed by Gus Van Zandt, the legendary Gus Van Zandt. So, uh, feud Capote versus the Swans, check out the trailer, and then hopefully, and let's find out. Disney, I'm pleading with your Disney Plus people to tell us if it's actually going to be on soon on this British Do you know television. what? Before, when you were on your Disney rant, I was just sort of removed from it. But now, because I want to watch this, mm. I'm irritated. So yeah. Disney, please let us know yeah. when it's on. Well, something you'll be thrilled about, James, Bridgerton on Netflix. It's released its date. So it's going to be split into two parts when it releases this year. First four episodes will be released on May the 16th, followed by June the 13th for the final four. And is it going to be chaste or filthy? That's the question. You hope filthy, right? I haven't watched either of the other two, so I don't really care. But uh, but but I'm he curious. He says <laughs> Well, the main character this time around is... Uh... Yes, it's going to be um, Penelope Featherington, played by Nicola Coughlin. Yeah, Nicola Coughlin's character. Yeah, and so Colin Bridgerton, played by Luke Newton. Oh. Mm. Mm. Um, another little bit of news on a show that you won't give a shit about um, is... <laughs> Are you talking to the listeners or James? <gasps> How dare you? People watch Bridgerton. Don't be a snob. <laughs> no, I like Bridgerton. Carry on. I didn't like the last series, but carry on. Right. Not enough shagging for boys. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, is Emily in Paris another show that you hate? Emily in Paris. Emily in Paris. Yeah, they are filming it currently. And, um, in Paris? Is she in still Paris. in Paris? Yeah, they're having to do it in um, film now because obviously the Olympics in is in Paris this summer and all filming's been banned um, from June to September. It? Yeah. 
prohibited. It's always been banned. This is new. This is new. This is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. What can I say? I've just got, you know, I haven't made up the rules, but that's I'm just reporting on what I've read. The Olympic Committee presumably has. If you see how the French police treat sports fans at various events, like Mm. the Liverpool fans did in the Champions League final a couple of years ago, you know you're not to pay attention to that rule. You don't contravene them. It's terrifying the way they've treated people. Just saying, just adding, just, you know, making that observation. So if you're thinking of filming there and going (laughs) against the rules, don't get your camera smashed up. Yeah, and hopefully they're predicting that possibly it'll air in December 2024. That's okay. It. There was also Doctor Who spin-off news. Yes, I heard this. This was I saw this on. There's a Twitter um, account. What's it called now? X. Don't call it X. <laughs> Just call, call it Twitter. Twitter. Don't call there's it X. There's a Twitter X. account which looks at kind of Doctor in production, um, and there's a production listing of a show which is clearly seems to be a Doctor Who spin-off titled The War Between the Land and the Sea. Focuses on the Sea Devils. Which I know were, what they are. Yes. They're the ones that look like nuns. Yeah, they do look like nuns. <laughs> they were originally in the 70s and they are monsters that come out of the sea as the, as the, as the, as the as their name implies. Now, I have to say that there was a recent, a fair, one of Chris Chibnall's episodes before this new Doctor took over. One of his, um, I think in the last season he did, was a Sea Devils episode. And I, 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 even as a Who fan, and as a Chibnall fan, it was not one of the best episodes. Really? And I think there was widespread disappointment at the way... So why are they resurrecting them? Because uh, as characters and figures themselves, they're fascinating and they look Fine. great. And I was always obsessed with the Sea Devils when I first watched it as a kid. So um, it's, it's pretty exciting. But just the whole idea that there is this possible spin-off about the Sea Devil was being masterminded by Russell T. It was, it was always... He always said that he plans to have a Doctor Who universe. And in fact, there is the Who universe, as is already known, on BBC iPlayer, etc. But this seems to be concrete evidence of, you know, the plan to do a spin-off quite soon. The, the Disney money for you again. The Disney money, partly, absolutely, 100%, yeah. yeah. And the creative drive from RTD. Exactly. Okay, here's some news. Here's some news that I can oh, sure. share with you, which is actual news that I'm reasonably sure is news. Because <laughs> sure. I mentioned it on the Empire podcast and nobody shouted me down. So this is uh, Stephen Knight's talking about he's putting the finishing touches on the Peaky Blinders movie script. So that is something that's happening. Obviously, technically film news, but connected to TV, so I'm okay. saying it's allowed. Okay. Yeah? Yeah, just about. Yeah. Another thing we didn't talk about when it aired just before Christmas was What If? Which is wow. obviously the... Oh, I sense animation snobbery in that, Boydy. Total from me. I mean, unapologetic. But apparently there's one really good episode. A diehard one, yes. Uh, I watched season one of What If. I thought it was good. Yeah, you did like... I mean, you're also an animation That's true. That's true, but I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, no, I, I, I may go back and watch that. Yeah, but not not a lot of other TV news. No. Really, there was uh, t- the American biggest Amer- the list of the biggest American broadcasts of the year. Came. I was fascinated by these mm. things, um, and you know, so the, literally the biggest sh- single shows of the year in on American television. I would do the top five. Well, I would do the top five, except they're all sport. Okay, so the Super Bowl is obviously number one. Do you know how many people watch the Super Bowl in America? I'm going to say thirty million. One hundred fifteen million people what? watch it. Yeah, the next down is fifty three million, which is for other football shows and all of the sp- the first non sports show in the top fifty list. Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. No, it is at number twenty two. Down in number 22. And do you know what it is? And you will be absolutely appalled, James, in particular. Oh, oh my God. It's going to be Real Housewives in New Jersey. It's not that, but, you know, it's... it's uh, it is. The Idol? Pop Idol? No. I'll be, if you guess, I'll idol. give you a huge prize. Here's, a, here's yeah. a clue. Foundation. Here's a clue. It's hosted by a Brit. It's the Traitors. Oh, no, no, no. no. It'll be um, The Wheel. No. Oh. It's Next Level Chef with Gordon Ramsay. I don't know what that is. Oh, wow. I mean, I can Gordon Ramsay's, they, they did a, an American, yeah, a British yeah, version yeah. of it. It's basically like different levels. The Americans and Gordon love it. Ramsay 
teaches them how to cook on different levels on this building. This is ridiculous. And it, it was on ITV. I don't think he did that well on no. ITV this year, but it is at number 22, the biggest non-sporting show on American television last year. How extraordinary is that? Then it carries on with more sport. I think it was on before the Super Bowl or after the Super Bowl, which partly explains why. Then you've got the Grammy Awards at 36, mm. and then the Oscars did really well as well, was back doing well, because they, they, they dipped earlier, but the, the Oscars are rising again, the number of I know it's harsh, but it's a quite boring list, isn't it? It's quite boring. <laughs> then number 40 is 60 Minutes episode with Hans Zimmer. Ooh. And also Prince Harry. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to quit Sneaky, you. sneaky. Yeah. So the first scripted show... Of the year, biggest good, hits please. of the year in America is at number 43, and I guarantee you will not have heard of it. It's called Fire Country. Have Ooh, you heard of it? I wonder no. where that was going it's, then. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Fire Country. Not Fire Cunty K, that's a very different show. <laughs> Steady. And it is, it's a show that just started this year in on American television, and it, I think it mixes kind of, it's about prisoners who join a scheme to become firefighters. Right. Is what it is. And it's done. it's done incredibly well. I like, find that a deeply boring list. Oh yeah, not well, how it was. Not how it was announced. I, it's I, more the the, the volume of sport. Yeah, I like a bit of sport. Then the us. big the, the further down fifty two is Yellowstone, which was the biggest scripted show on American TV. Until yeah, except <gasps> Kevin Costner is trying to bring it down yeah. by taking it to court. Yeah. <laughs> NCIS. I'm now just listing the biggest scripted shows. NCIS. That's still massive. That gets, that, that gets that's at number fifty five, um, and yeah, and. Um, Night Court, which is the biggest comedy of the moment in America. Have you heard of Night Court? It's um, it's a huge hit, and that's a kind of revival of an old show from back in in back in the eighties, and that is massive. And I saw an episode of it when I was in America recently on my trip, and it is actually really you good. In America. Yeah, I may, may have mentioned it. I may have mentioned, uh, told a story eight times. Did you watch it when you were stuck Listen, in a hotel? Stuck in, that, stuck We've in had, the hotel. There's some stuff in the post bag about it. I <laughs> bet there is. Oh, okay. I bet there is. We'll wait for that on Thursday. Well, I hope you quote the uh, lovely, <laughs> lovely correspondent. You said she was very interested in my story. Thank you very much. Who? That's made well, up. I didn't, I didn't no, see no, that. I'll show you the DM. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm bored of news at this point. <laughs> and I also need a wee. And, and Kay needs Just a wee. because you did news from like last year. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. we're going we're gonna to stop news there and move on to reviews. Okay, first up this week, we have After the Flood, a.k.a. Sophie Rundle versus the weather. Uh, this one sees a pregnant police officer battling torrential rainfall and police bureaucracy in ITV's waterlogged new drama. Kay, yes. did this float your boat or are you about to rain on ITV's parade? <laughs> it did float my boat, James, and I'm going to provide all the positive uh, comments about it to negate whatever's coming from you like the absolute shitstorm of uh, criticism you've got coming its way you just um, called James an absolute shitstorm <laughs> yes no, I did but yeah I enjoyed this and I think so it's written by Mick Ford I don't know if you just said that um, and it stars Sophie Rundle and I think she's great in this role um, it's got a really super dramatic first and horrifying first five minutes and <sighs> Don't I knew this was going to happen. So, I just so say, annoying. I really wish. You know what? Next time, yeah. next time I have a really obvious, I have a really, I'm really clued into how James will react to a show. Yeah. I, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write it down on a piece oh, of paper and put it, it in yeah, a an envelope. envelope. Yeah. And go, this is what you're going to say about this show. Because honestly, I predicted absolutely it's going to do it. So carry on. Oh, that should be a new thing. Yeah. I love that. It's a franchise. Yeah. Guess his twattery. Um, There's so, a clairvoyant, by the way, on the traitors, but you don't need to be a clairvoyant to work out what James is going to say. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, so she, um, so we're plunged into a small town that's immersed in water um, because of the flooding. And Joe, uh, Sophie Rundle's character, tries to help a distressed mum whose car is rapidly um, being submerged in ri- the rising water levels and has a baby that needs rescuing. Um, she can't assist, but an unidentified oh God, I'm just not going to so look annoying, at you. I know it? you're so I'm annoying. Um, this reminds me of when I sat next to Terry White at the screening of um, the Elton John film, and she was like audibly kind of like not taking it to the laughing and expressing what she thought of it. And I was like, I'm really enjoying it, actually. This is really good. Carry on. Um, so she can't assist, but an uh, unidentified um, hero saves the baby before being swept away himself. And then to add to the shocking scene, we realise she's pregnant. That's not a spoiler. It's within the first five minutes. And James has already spoiled it for you. Um, I thought, oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. So um, I, I enjoyed it. I I can predict what James is going to say, but I'll let him speak for himself. But I thought it was like, it was very compelling. And I thought, um, like, she is, she's one of these characters, and this is possibly what you feel, James, that, I mean, she makes some very dubious decisions. She's a maverick, right? And her whole thing is, she doesn't want to be curtailed because of her pregnancy. She's about to take on a detective role, junior detective role, and she um, is keen to still do that and not be held back by the fact that she is pregnant. And so she... You know, later on during the episode, she does make some decisions that are quite infuriating. Um, but I still think you root for her because you, you know, you can sort of like get where she's coming from as a character. I also really liked how it was filmed. I thought the flood scenes, oh God, he's pulling that smoke. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, yeah. I was just sort of like, thought they did it quite well. I wondered how they did some of them. The to be fair, the and the I did too. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I did, there was, especially there's one, there's a drone shot yes, in the aerial it. Shot, and I was just yeah. like, Fuck me, I have no idea how they've done yes, this. Where you exactly. see all these waterlogged streets. Mm. I was like, either they just flooded half of north, the north of England for no reason. The north. Or they use some sort of very good, you know, CG effect to mm. kind of extend it. Because I assume there's that there's a there's that bit, isn't it? There's a there's a sort of like a courtyard with some terraced houses, mm. which they have clearly yeah. You know, it's like a set and they've yeah. they flooded it. Yeah. But when the camera pulls out and you see all the streets flooded, I was like, that was a really effective mm. shot. Mm. Yeah, it's a great aerial oh, that's shot. Good, so. I thought what you were going to say was that you thought the the effects and CGI was terrible. No, and you're it, gonna, it, and you're going to be really patronising. It wasn't it. Like, If I'm going to get my think, dickery out the way, I'm going to say, predict, go on. I suspect it's the fact that that, that fi- first five minutes, which are incredibly dramatic, you're going to say it's completely unrealistic that she'd be running along and... <laughs> it wasn't the unrealistic. I just thought it was so badly done. It was like, it's, first of all, it's like the music, which is like... Bum, 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 dramatic music you know and then and then it's like baby gets swept away so you have this car seat in the water with this doll in it with like canned baby crying as it's sort of swishing around and the music going dum 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 and this little doll is being swept down the thing and I was like this is almost parody like it was genuine I was killing myself laughing during this I was like this is just dreadful and I, I, I don't think I ever got past that scene, which I just thought was just ludicrous. Absolutely yeah. ludicrous. I really liked Sophie Rundle in this, to be fair. I thought she was really good. There's a bit where she has <laughs> where she has an unfortunate, like, cheeky garden wee, which I thought I felt very, very much for her because she's a pregnant woman and her house has been overrun by her, her in-law's sort of basically extended family and you feel her frustration at that point. Do you know what's really funny at that that key moment? I actually thought, I don't know what happened to my brain, I actually thought she was taking off her baby bump like it was a fake butt. And I thought, oh my God, this is such a twist. You know, she, she unbuttoned it, it looked like yeah. she was unstrapping it. Yeah. Um, but also Lorraine Ashbourne's brilliant, brilliant in it. Didn't you think as a mum? 
Oh, yeah. yes, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Do you know what? I had no problem with any of the characters who worked <laughs> oh, or any of that. It was, it was, like, yeah. it was only when yeah, they I, had. What I was going to write on the piece of paper and put in an envelope was <laughs> I, he, he thought it was really badly done, the opening scene. Whereas I thought it was really well done. <laughs> and, you know, it is, it is like borderline comical that a baby is. Is literally floating down this r- flooded river in on its own, and this guy is going to dive in and save it. But I thought it was really brilliantly done. I was like, "How have they done it?" Mm. And you t- I, well, <laughs> they did it with a I doll mean, in a castle, not the doll, <laughs> the water, the actual flooding. No, no, no. Anyway, I, but I knew he was going to pick up on that. I absolutely, hundred percent knew it. And he's practically cry laughing. I know. It's cry laughing. I can't you has to. It's a physical cry laughing emoji, which is everyone knows himself. is the worst emoji in the world. It is. I agree. Yeah. I, I cancel people yeah. for using that emoji. Yeah, well, we might cancel you being a real-life well, version of it. Yeah. <laughs> Petition but, to cancel yeah. James. Also, I thought they did a fantastic job on it, uh, genuinely. There is a mm. bit where, where a revelation about a dead body is made mm. and the music goes... I just thought the music was very overblown. Like, and I do think like there is an art to this, but I thought it was incredibly unsubtle and it just battered you around the head. And I was like, just tone it Not down. everything has to be subtle. Tone it down. The music didn't... There was also... Okay, the other thing that really really bothered me no, he's and, I'm, and this is a plot point it's not a really it's a minor plot point it's not a massive spoiler but I have to mention it there is a bit where for reasons I will not go into a character has to put uh, has to engage with a DNA site on the internet you know one of those ones like mm. Ancestry.com that you mm. put stuff in yeah. there is a bit where so I don't know if anyone's ever done one of these but you spit into a test tube you send off your spit and then they they essentially DNA profile you there's a bit where she has to use one and obviously because she doesn't have the time to spit into a test tube and that wouldn't really work with the plot there's a bit where she clicks the button that says upload DNA file and I was like I'm sorry what? now look if you are an expert ge- and you work for Ancestry.com it's such a James thing what? What the fuck like is a DNA about. file and how do I get one? <laughs> because that's just insane. Boy, do you take the button? I can't. <laughs> Isn't that, didn't she? Oh, I can't remember now because I say just No, sorry. she clicks the button on the front of the website that says upload your DNA file, a file format which I'm fairly certain doesn't exist. No, no, no. Wait, wasn't it yeah. that they'd, yeah, I think, hadn't they already done tests on the DNA and then she was uploading the yeah, results? Yeah, but, but if you go onto Ancestry or any of these websites, there is James, not going to be a button wait, wait, for wait, uploading wait, wait, your okay, DNA file James, because wait, wait. there's not a Are thing. Are you telling me you know all Ancestry sites? <laughs> <laughs> is this what you're saying? I'm saying the concept of having a DNA file <laughs> of like a little, like surely like your actual DNA is 100% going to be a series of letters, right? Yes. That's what DNA yes. is. But that is not what people have. So that is not what people upload to DNA sites. So it just seemed absurd. Do you know what? I'm going to let it go because my whole thing of 2024 oh, is being calm. Do you know situation? what's going to happen? Do you know what's yeah. going to happen? Someone's going to, someone's going to write in to your post bag, yes. frankly, and I'll just, I won't believe it because it's come to you. And they'll say, <laughs> I think you're fine. I work for Ancestry.com and loads of people upload Listen, DNA if anyone's, files. If anyone's yeah, listening so. who's yeah. a genealogist or anything like that next to this, please, yeah. please get in touch because I'd love to be able to just ram the truth in his face. That, seem, that seems fair. And uh, and if you do, Kay will read it out while we play oh. dramatic music. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like rewatching it just to hear the music. It's so offended. It's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's his warped mind. He gets fixated on things. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good. I thought it was a really good mix. So it's like part. Desi- it starts out as a disaster drama, really, because the flooding, certainly does, which is very, very. <laughs> 
shut the fuck up. Don't look at him or engage. That's what I'm doing. Which is really well done. Baby aside, whether you, you glimpse the obviously it's not a real baby in the fucking also, thing. Also, it's like a millisecond. How, yeah, it's a thing, millisecond. Like... Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, but the flooding itself, the way they've done the flooding is really. It yes. was even James had to acknowledge in that. The flooding was well shot. done. Yes. The waterworks were yes. spot the on. The waterworks done really well. But anyway, um, and she's really good, as you say, as a main character. But they then goes from being a kind of disastrous to this other corpse is discovered in this in this lift and yep. to being a, a a kind of murder mystery thriller. Yeah, thing, yeah and that's the crux of it, actually. Which, is, you which think just it's becomes gonna, the yeah. crux, yeah. So And it has a lot of thematic similarities to the next show we're going to cover as well. Yes, indeed. Is um, that his way of wrapping it up? No, no, not at all. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, it's one way of wrapping it up. But um, uh, I thought it was really good. Really enjoyed it. Full Excellent. Stop. Full stop. Well done, everyone. The one funny thing about it is, because I went um, I went to the screening of this. I didn't host it. I went to the screening of it. And you know how um, one of the biggest stars is Philip Clenister, right? He's yeah. a big star. Oh, Philip Clenister and his tractor turns up. Yeah, but he, he was like on the in, taking part in the Q&A, right? With yeah. three or four different people in it. Sophie Rundle, etc. the director, the writer, etc. And he literally... He's in most, one scene in the first episode. You're yeah. like, what's Philip Clenister doing? Yeah, and I thought in a way... Episode? Yeah, he'll be in more, I'm oh, sure. Course, yeah, he is. But what my, the point I'm making yeah. is I quite like the boldness of having one of the biggest stars of the show mm. being barely glimpsed in an episode and you could even, it, but it, I tell you this though even from that one glimpse of him you think there's nothing not quite right about no, but him. I love a bit the of a fact he comes in he goes right I'll get my tractor and yeah, then leaves and, then and, leaves, and, that's, and that's it yeah. right exactly and then he was on and, and at the queue and he was like by the way I do appear more <laughs> in the rest of the series as he does I've seen some of episode two anyway it's good yeah <laughs> after the flood then which lands on ITV when boy D? Wednesday 9pm. On Wednesday, baby and all. Right, <laughs> next up, we have Criminal Record on Apple TV+, Plus, which sees another beleaguered policewoman, uh, this time Kush Jumbo, and she's butting heads with Peter Capaldi over a cold case and a possible miscarriage of justice. Now, as Roy Castle used to say, dedication is what you need to be a record breaker, and I'm assuming it also counts as a criminal record breaker, and who is more dedicated than Boyd? What? What a pop culture reference that was. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, this is a um, Apple's another Apple TV kind of addic- addictive drama. On case, or case <laughs> listeners, Kate's expression on Kate's face there was kind of like I don't know. How would you describe it? No, Did, no. Was she doing a me? She was like giggling away. No, no, no. It is. No, no. Carry on. Sorry. No, I'm sure. Anyway, um, it's built round these two powerhouse performances. From, as you mentioned, Chris Jumbo and Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi is the grizzled, experienced detective, uh, Daniel Hegarty, who you first see, he's kind of takes v- he's taking VIPs. Right? Right. It's mm. such a weird yes. sort of prologue. Yes. So weird. So the weirdest thing about the whole show is this prologue. <laughs> it's good. He's like, your brain. It's you almost think? like he's kind of doubling as, in his spare time, he's like a chauffeur for Come VIPs. Come bodyguard. Come yeah. bodyguard. But he's also a full-time pl- yeah. veteran police detective. But and they don't really... They, they no. begin to, and they don't really go back to him. I mean, they might a, do at some point, yeah. but I've seen a couple of episodes. They'll never come be, back to it. No. It'll be connected, it will. But it is weird how they just begin that way and then drop it for mm. at least a couple of episodes. But also, and no disrespect to Peter Capaldi, yeah. but if I were looking for a close protection style bodyguard... Don't go there. I'm not sure I'd feel that protected. I'm going to be yeah. honest, I'd rather Peter Capaldi do it than you. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's fair. I mean, yeah, same. I agree. That's, that's true. Um, and then there's Chris Jummer as, um, as Detective Sergeant June Lenker, who's this kind of notably less experienced. And she, it all begins with, there's an anonymous 999 call, which seems to involve domestic abuse. She kind of wants to investigate that, wants to investigate what's going on. It turns out there's a connection between that call and a cold case, a previous case that Capaldi's character was in charge of. And she wants to kind of reinvestigate it. And he is instantly kind of like offended and taken aback and been very defensive about that she's questioning. Oh, he's an asshole about it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's why, one way of putting it. <laughs> don't know, yeah, beating around the bush. Sorry. He's an asshole. He's a condescending asshole. He's a condescending. He's so condescending. <laughs> and also racist. Carry on. Probably racist, but probably. But what what is interesting about the show is, I think that I think in the beginning you feel it's going to be a fairly standard police procedural, yeah. but actually it's kind of an interrogation of racism mm-hmm. in the police, particularly and the way that she's treated as a person of color, a woman of color in the police yes. force. She gets communities yelling stuff at her for for, for taking the for, for being in that position. She she thinks there's probably racism involved in this case that Peter Capaldi was in charge of. You see, brief in the first couple of episodes you see him hanging out with his other kind of veteran white cops kind of like in cafes talking about and, it, and it's very subtly done I think after after a fairly, on my, fairly you know you could you could question the subtlety of After the Flood I really enjoyed it but I wouldn't say subtlety is its main no. but this is much more nuanced and subtle than I think you expect from the beginning when it's when, when all the crimey stuff is happening so I think it's an interrogation of race the police force and it feels very timely because obviously you know the MEP the Metro Bolton police particularly is you know has become a very controversial body in its own right institution in its own right it's looking at the whole institution of the police in quite a and I'm going to use the word bold mm-hmm. full on way and um, and I think it's fascinating and I've watched I think I've watched two or three episodes so there's an amazing lift fight in, in oh, episode two well I should actually say this I'm genuinely I think there is a probably a trigger warning on episode two because there's a at the very beginning of episode two there is a confrontation in a lift that has I don't know it should probably come with some kind of domestic violence trigger warning because it is yeah. fucking intense it is intense yeah incredibly intense yeah but yeah that's true yeah but you know, it, it, there's a lot going on in this, and um, I'm really intrigued. This is an example because you were talking before, right, about think, shows that you that are really you think are really compelling and interesting, mm. and you want to finish. I really want to carry on watching and finishing mm. it, but I just haven't had time yet. But I, I'm, I'm completely gripped. It's quite. I'm going to use the word deliberately paced. It doesn't exactly, it's not chewing through plot particularly because it's so character, it's so built around these two characters. But I think the meetings between these characters are so fascinating and um, well done and brilliantly performed by the two of them, by Chris Jumbo and Peter mm. Capaldi, that that is the thing that I think is particularly fascinating. But I think the whole idea of it, the whole mm. kind of way it's dealing with all these issues is, is, is fascinating. And he's so kind of cool yeah. and manipulative and yeah. gaslighting and he kind of leads her by the nose and kind of almost entraps he's her. He's a proper so ghoul oh, yeah. in it, isn't he? Yeah. 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 He's really creepy and she's like battling with sexism, with racism, with the kind of that institutional sort of almost selective deafness of the police mm. whereby that complete unwillingness to even entertain the possibility that they might have got anything wrong ever even in the face of evidence. It's like that. Well, it's also the old guard, right? Yeah, the old guard leg- versus yeah. this, this new detective. She's only like got a year and a half in, in, in that. Which he really wants to make a point of. And yeah. I just thought like, the re- sorry, I've just got to clarify, the reason why I pulled that face while you were saying, you know, you want to binge on it mm. is because I found it very stressful to watch. Oh, so it is. I, it is so stressful. I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm definitely not binging. I mean, I, mean, I will watch it, oh, but right, it's like, okay. it wasn't yeah. something like, for example, for me once where I'm like, oh my God, I've got to rip through yeah. it because I found it so stressful because of like his character, Capaldi's character. And like, 
what you say about the racism and being subtle, there's like this reference in the first episode of um, one of these characters being like the poor man's OJ, which obviously isn't subtle. But what I found really good is how when she tells her husband, who is white, how he's like, oh, but, you know, you are you just finding issue with stuff? Which, you know, you can sort of understand his his reasoning, he his logic, He you know, he feels that is the case. But actually you're like, no, this is how it happens. Mm. And this she's been gaslit by everyone around and her. Her husband and, is, or partner is also a patronising psychotherapist. So. Yes, yeah. exactly. But do you know what I mean? So I was like, oh God, this is really like... Interesting the yeah. way he's And there are fascinating glimpses into Peter Capaldi's character's home life as well. That you don't quite they keep you dangling. Yeah, that's right. It's quite mysterious. There's lots what's of going foreshadowing. On. There. Yeah, there's mm. something going on there. I think it's directly which is by Jim Loach of Save Me Fine. Mm. Ken Loach's oh, son. Oh, okay. Yeah, who did a, and I feel like there is a there is a kind of save me quality to it. The way he yes. uses like yeah. East yeah. London locations very well. It's very London. Very London. Yeah. Very London. It's very well written. Very well written. And by, by Paul, Paul Rutman. Paul Rutman, yeah. yeah. Who uh, who did Indian Summers, which I was obsessed with and furious with Channel 4 for cancelling. Mm. So it's, it's great. Good. The only thing, if I were to criticise this at all, it's that that prologue is so gripping and mm. draws you in because it's so unusual. And that prologue just had me seized instantly. And then you move away from it and it's like you're watching a different show. Yeah. And I felt a little bit like there was a bait and switch there. Like I was sucked in with the promise of this one thing that I was fascinated to know about and then it went away. And so I was almost like a little bit like, Short change. I felt a bit like, oh, mm. actually, I really enjoyed it once I got into it. But I kind of, I was like, I want to go back. I want to, what mm. is this with the crazy cop show for? What's going unfold, on? Right? I'm sure it will. And I'm sure it will come back it, to it, that. But it is taking its time to, to go back to that, I have to say. It's yeah, quite, it is taking its time because I've watched <laughs> yeah. a few episodes and yeah, we haven't same. gone back to it. No. Um, I think there's a little glimpse of it, isn't there? Okay, but that's it. Yeah. yeah, I've watched two and a half, I think, at this mm. stage. There's a confidence um, there. But I, yeah, I, I mean, like this, I think there are, I want to say, eight episodes of this in total, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it'll come to light in episode yeah, three. Exactly. You think? At some point in episode three. All right, fair enough. I think I've watched episode three. Have you? So it still hasn't. Okay, maybe four. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is really good. Great performances. And again, but it's it's got that other thing where you, it's quite a stressful watch because you're so frustrated and infuriated by what she goes through. Also, mm. Kush Jumbo, English. Oh. Who the fuck knew? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh, really? I just think it's Luca Quinn from, like, no. you know, The Good Fight. Didn't, didn't you see her in that drama? She was on with David Tennant, Channel 4 drama. And I, I saw Did it in I? Macbeth with David Tennant on stage between Christmas. Oh, and okay, fine. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realise. I yeah, only remember yeah. her from, from like, you know. Right, oh, yeah, I could see why you yeah. think it. But she was brilliant as Lady Macbeth as well. Oh, okay. Just to say. Good. Well, she's, yeah, she's great in this. Humble brag. Brag, brag. Criminal record then, which lands on Apple TV Plus on Friday? No, Wednesday. Damn it. It's a Wednesday oh, it's one. Wednesday. It's Wednesday or Friday. Yes, no, it, it varies. It does All vary. Right. On Wednesday on yeah. Apple TV Plus. Finally this week, we have the return of Big Boys, which sees Jack now out and proud, but also still painfully awkward, uh, as he and his friends attempt to sort housing for their return to uni while navigating a cock in the eye and perhaps the greatest <laughs> band name Spoiler in living memory. Uh, Kay. Would you give <laughs> this show's second year a 2-1? I'd give it a first. <gasps> yeah, I love... Th- I mean, the thing is, I am just very honest about the fact that I just love this show. Jack Rooks, uh, he... When did it launch? 2022, I think? I think so. Um, mm. Semi-autobiographical comedy. Um, and it follows the friendship of uh, Jack, very geeky Jack, played by Dylan Ewellen, um from Derry Girls. The wee English fella. yeah. An ultimate lad, Danny, played by John Pointing, who's also in my other favourite show, Smothered. Um, and it's, it follows their friendship at university, fictional um, University of Brent. And um, it shows him, Jack, dealing with the grief 
in the first series, the grief of the loss of his dad and also coming to terms with his sexuality. Um, the season finale of series one was exceptional, was so poignant, heartbreaking. I don't know if you saw, either of you saw it. Um, and Boy, just watched it through about four yeah, times. No, <laughs> okay, you passed the test. Um, and it was it was brilliant. And I just thought, you know, that's a high bar they set, Jack set, and how would it continue? But actually, literally, it continues seamlessly from the moment we left off. So anyone who watched the first series, the last episode, it was them celebrating Jack's dad's 60, what would have been his 60th birthday. So as season two picks up, they are going off to the social club to celebrate. As James spoiled, something happens with Jack in the toilet, which is exceptional. I didn't say who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it is one of the rudest jokes. It's um, brilliant. I remember. I think Jack Rook. We met. We there when we. I was chatting to Jack Rook about. Uh, well, he was event. on the. He was oh, on our two hundredth live show. He was on the live mm. show, and then I saw him at another event, and he and he said he told me about this scene in advance, and I was oh, it's like, so, it's so funny because not only you get that, and then you get Camille Kaduri does something afterwards, which adds to the oh, brilliantly she- brilliant humor of it. And I'm she's just a legend, she's hilarious, isn't she? Yeah. She's so good as Jack's mum. But um, the other main thing in the first episode is that Danny is tasked with finding accommodation for him, Jack and Yemi and Corinne, who's also really good. Can I say, I felt seen when he was looking at, at student houses. I felt yeah. 100% oh, God, seen. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing exactly the yeah, same, same thing in my second year of uni, going around houses. Well, this one doesn't have a bidet. Like, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, In Brighton, I was, yeah. We've, all, we've been there. But um, I just thought, as always, like, with season one it's just so sort of I think Jack is just the master of balancing all this like dealing with these really hard subjects with a lightness of touch and also just mining the awkward hilarious the all this kind of things that comes from being young and inexperienced and horny and like just trying to find your way in this world and he just melds it together so well and also the soundtrack is amazing funny one-liners and just everything about it. I just think he does it so well that, um, yeah, it's completely still on top form. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think it, it does that thing that Derry Girls did really did really well all the way through, which is that it's tackling issues, in quotes. You know, um, uh, John Pointing's character has mental health issues and there's sexuality issues and all kinds of stuff going on. Um and yet the gags keep coming mm. so thick and fast. It never forgets, Jack Rook never forgets he's making a sitcom, you know, and, and needs to keep it funny. So at every turn, even when it gets like so poignant at the end of the first series with John Pointing when he, you know, kind of dealing with his mental health, but there's still a joke around the corner mm-hmm. within at least 30 seconds. I didn't time it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they were, and, and they, and they're so funny and he has joke upon joke. He'll do, so the, the toilet scene to which you have referred happens and then there's more, and then there's like three or four or five jokes immediately after that happens that make it funnier and funnier and funnier. I yeah. think he understands intrinsically how TV comedy particularly works. I think he's immersed himself in sitcoms and TV comedies over the years. And the other funny thing for me, as a, as a, a person of uh, at my age, James isn't far, that far behind, you're further <laughs> behind, is that it's like, it uses stuff like the X Factor as oh, nostalgia. Yes. It's like for him, and Jack is young. Jack Rook also, is very... Yeah, the cultural references. Yeah, so the cultural on. references are literally to stuff in the 90s, early 2000s, <laughs> which for me are like practically last week. Uh, but for Jack Rook, they are like, this yeah, is like 20 years ago. Mm. He was a kid when this was happening. So there's references to, Gammy. you know, Gamu always. And Alison Hammond. Like for me, Alison Hammond's still like a new, fairly new TV star. <laughs> for him, she's like a veteran figure, <laughs> you know, who's excited because she's going to go on Strictly Come Dancing. So. 
yeah, I love that element of it. The, the nostalgia for stuff that happened, you know, in very yeah. recent memory as far as I'm concerned. It's just and uh, perfectly cast. Every, every All of, all of them Wicks. in it. Katie Wicks, hilarious, is the university student who never left, who runs the whole thing. Um, Aliso Odelez, Yeme, he's hilarious as the kind of out, out, couldn't be more out gay guy, gay best friend figure, but he's so funny. His yeah. timing, his mm. comic timing is genius because he's kind of like, he's actually less over the top than you think. I always think of him, he's really, really over the top and big, but actually he's not, he actually is quite kind of more modulated than you actually expect when you, when you, when you watch it. It's just in comparison to Dylan Llewellyn, who is, you know, the, sh- the shy guy <laughs> in the middle of it all. As you say, Kimmel Kaduri, brilliant. It's it, The whole cast is perfect. And it's, this, the new series is every bit as brilliant as the first there's a There's a restraint to this that I loved in that it doesn't go... You, oftentimes when I bump against comedy, it's when it becomes... And you, I know don't this is a bad word. word. You know what yes, I'm saying. Please don't say this word. It's the my S trigger word. word. Please don't say it. <laughs> word. Don't Come say on. it, James. When it becomes the S word, yeah, silly. Uh, I, I struggle <laughs> with these things. And the, this never does. Like, it's always it always stays on the right side of that line. And as you say, like the, the, the sort of staccato rapid fire of the gags. And it's it's exactly as you've described. It's the build-up to the crescendo. It's like, here's a foundation gag, and there's a gag that builds on the gag, and a gag that builds on this, and then there's a knockout gag that just ends the yeah. scene. And I laughed out loud, and I counted three times during this episode. Wow. Now, oh, three times. And I know that doesn't sound like much, but if anyone who knows me or has ever mm. unfortunately sat with me during a comedy, for me to laugh out loud once is prodigious. Did you laugh three times so, out of the penis in the eye? <laughs> no, that was just the once. Okay, uh, and and <laughs> that was more of a sort of a bark. But okay. uh, all the way through, I just yeah, it's really really funny. Mm. It's really well observed, but it's mm. also really touching. And it's tender, lovely. Yeah. The character work is beautiful. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of it, it has a real sweetness to it. Um, it's great. Side note: Can we have instead of a swear jar a a silly jar. The S word jar. And we've got to hit him where it hurts in the wallet. So every time he, sa- every time he says that word, no. he has to put a pound in the jar. Absolutely not. It's a I new rule 2024. Yeah, I support that. Oh, God. Right. Well, anyway, Big Boy Season 2, which lands on Sunday. Channel 4. Sunday. Uh, yeah, next Sunday, 10 o'clock. It's all, do you know what's weird is? It's all available now. If you want to pay oh. for Channel 4, it's Channel 4's online, which used to be all four or whatever. Now in, it's now just channel4.com, basically. I hate all this rebranding. I know. It's but silly. if you if you pay for the premium level of Channel 4's online offering, you get to see the whole of this series already. What is the premium level of Channel 4's online offering? You'll, you'll see, you, if you go to channel4.com, you'll see. No, it. What is the do, do they so the, uh, this is very boring? But the Channel 4 on-demand mm, app has mm. seemed to have vanished from the Android app store. I don't fully understand why. Yeah, you probably if you just download it again, it'll now just be called Channel 4. Basically, that's, it's all that's very what, confusing. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, so it's now just Channel 4, but they're putting stuff up early online, like the BBC sometimes put stuff early on iPlayer yeah. as well before, and they've done that with this show so if you pay for yeah, it yeah if you pay for it you, right. you'll, you'll get to see it right now as we speak while we're asking you our technical questions <laughs> yeah. right um, Veep the final season they've only got half of it available on Sky and then it's nowhere Where, why have Sky not got the whole thing I mean, Kay, that Veep was like on 10 years ago, so... Yeah, but not... still, if they've got all of the seasons and then they've got the last season and they're half... half <laughs> they've only half. got the first half weird. of yeah. the weird. final season. That's yeah. Because if it was the second know. half, yeah. maybe the first half had expired. Or just not, or just not the season Yeah, that's at what all. I thought. I've got like three episodes. That's a bit, I can't answer. Could you I look no into idea. it? I mean, yeah. right, Kay, the rights to shows is so complicated. <laughs> who the fuck knows? So I mean, by Thursday, will you know? Can you, can you yeah. call up? Yeah. Yeah. Can that. you call Sky, please? I'll call it HBO. It's, yeah. It feels like it's an HBO issue. And just find out. Yeah, <laughs> find out the okay. show. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate you. Yeah, okay. Good to know that you're up with the, up with the new shows, though. <laughs> it's in the background. It's in the background always. <laughs> 
Right. Okay. Uh, what else is out this week, Boydie? Oh, uh, well, what else is out this week? Echo is the Echo. big show Echo. that Echo. Um, no. uh, we have not been set screeners for yet. No, but um, we will review it. And yes. I say we'll review it. We are trying to review it on the next Pilot Plus if they'll give us the episodes. Yeah. Um, but we will talk about that on Thursday. Yeah, it feels like we're big... really down on Disney this episode, but we're not really, are we? No, 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 no. And in fact, if they want to advertise with us, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the Disney Plus um, uh, series that, yeah, presumably like Empire. Drops all in one go. I know, yeah, yeah the first time yeah. we've ever done that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. In fact, I yeah. think it actually has aired before we're our next Pilot Plus oh, yeah, goes that's out. True. So if they don't send us episodes, we can just watch it on Disney Plus. Yeah, it was on Wednesday. What is that? Yeah. Have you Wednesday said? the 10th. It's, it's a character from Hawkeye. Yeah. 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 And there are, you know, like um, Vincent D'Onofrio's in it from um, Daredevil. Yeah. What genre? It's a Marvel... It's a, it's um, a street-level crime Marvel thing. So. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be... How are you handling it on the Empire podcast? Because normally Empire, you do spoiler specials. Uh, I believe do? we are planning oh, to okay. do that, depending, yeah. on, depending on what it's like. We are, we are planning to do that. Yeah, yeah. What else is there? I'm literally leafing Darby and Joan is yeah. on drama. Yeah. yeah, I mean... I don't know what sure. that is, Boydie. No, nor do I really. Okay, good. So we can't really talk about that. Uh, Grantchester, which has now become one of the longest-running um, dramas on TV... James, eighth series we're on now. Wow. It started out with, um, what's his My name? My favourite, James Norton. James Norton, handsome James Norton. It's now basically Robson Green and Tom Brittany as as Will. Um, and it, yeah, it's back on ITV on Thursday. Charlotte Rich is in it, the great Charlotte mm-hmm. Rich. She's, she's brilliant in everything. There is uh, Call the Midwives Back. That was back on Sunday. But James is very excited about that. I am. Silent, this is like the return of the long-running drama. Silent <laughs> Witness, we were on to like, 27 series, literally 27 Whoa. series of Silent Witness. That's back Monday and Tuesday, BBC One. Um, and I think that might be Monsieur it. Spade. Oh, I don't know what that is. Is on Acorn. That's that stars actual Clive Owen as Sam Spade, the detective. And the synopsis for this reads: the famous detective Sam Spade is now 60 and living as an expat in the south of France in 1963. Oh, I mean, extraordinary. <laughs> Clive we, Owen, we elected fresh, not to cover it. Mon Dieu. Yeah, Mon Dieu. Fresh from um, A Murder at the End of the World. That's right. Formidable. Wow. Formidable indeed. Okay, and that's everything for this week. What is our pick? Big Boys. Of the week. Uh, yeah, I think it is Big Boys, yeah. yeah. I mean, I really liked... Um, Criminal, Criminal Record. Record. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a slightly forgettable name. I think it's not a great. It's not a great. It's not a great name. Not a great name, name. It? No, it's yeah. a generic for yeah. an ungeneric show. I think that. I always. I, mm. I, I have an yeah. issue. I think in the era of peak TV, having generic show titles is a really bad move yeah. because everything instantly gets big forgettable anyway. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, it is probably Big Boys. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, that is it for this week's show. If you would like to show your appreciation for us, then please do head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five. Baby rating, uh, baby in the floodwater rating, and uh, we slowed down with the reviews actually. So big in December. So actually, we'd like to receive some more in January, please. Kay demands more reviews. Yes, please. Only five, five star. star yeah. Yeah. Five, obviously only, only like if you have please a less than five star off. opinion, then yeah. just keep it yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have feelings. <laughs> yeah, we have feelings. Please don't hurt them. Um, please do subscribe to Pilot Plus. Yes. For the for the paltry sum of two ninety nine a month, uh, you will get access to an extra review, our spoiler chats, all the other random things we do on Pilot TV Plus, uh, the post hit? bag, which is now is now we have Miss K versus the post bag, mm-hmm. our yes. brand new uh, post mistress K is going to be handling for that. Four weeks. Uh, we're going to be covering Echo on this week's show, and you get the regular podcast, not only ad free, completely devoid of ads, but you also get it about ten hours earlier. Do you know what? That's actually worth 5 it. Five a.m. That's 
worth the money. How much? On a Monday morning. Two ninety nine a month. Oh my gosh! Come on. So cheap. It's a steal. It is a steal. Uh, so that's very very exciting as well. Thank you to those of you who do subscribe. As we said, we're going to be doing Echo on this week's Pilot Plus on next week's regular show. Uh, well, the Emmys are actually next week, but we won't be talking about them next week because they won't have happened by the time we record. Golden Globes this weekend. It's the Golden Globes this weekend, but we also don't give a fuck about that. So, <laughs> True Detective. <laughs> next true week, detective, yes, True yes. Detective Night Country, actual Jodie Foster. Very exciting. Artful Dodger comes to Disney+, Plus. arguably less exciting, but nevertheless. Uh, what else is happening? Has been Hotel is on Prime? I don't know. We will review some things. Oh, that's the, um, there's also that one about the fashion design designer. What's that called? Oh yeah, um, uh, Balenciaga. Was Balenciaga, it? yeah, Balenciaga, yeah, yeah. Christopher Balenciaga. James is very much up with the Balenciaga. Oh, I am because I know the the picture of the Pope in the puffer coat. Yeah. That's uh, that's Balenciaga, isn't Something it? Something called Finders Keepers on Channel Five. I don't know why I'm going. So yeah, so shows. we will yeah. be reviewing some shows yeah. as as discussed, which is very very exciting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so please do tune in for that. Until then, it's time for some dramatic music. Pilot out.